Greetings, fellow seekers, and welcome to our humble place of refuge. We're here to provide you with zany yet thoughtful and passionate takes on a variety of things from the world of arts and entertainment. These are things that help us get through the grind called life. Art rules and commerce sucks. Don't let the marketplace tell you what to consume. Let us. Will you vouch? Let's find out. Join us now for Secret Sources of Sustenance. Hey there, this is another episode of Secret Sources of Sustenance with Ben and Bob. And it is ladies' night here on SSOS. That means no cover charge for those fine female friends of ours out there. $20 buckets of White Claw. Karaoke starts at 9 o'clock. I'll tell you, speaking of uh, feminine alcoholic drinks, not the stereotype. uh, Dude on Twitter was bragging about the... uh, Mike's Hard Cranberry. Apparently, it's that, 11% alcohol and delicious, he says. It's I, the, like the new hotness, yeah, apparently? I, yeah, I refuse to try it because I, I just can't go there yet. But I, uh, there's also a one that I see men drinking from uh, Boulevard, uh, Cork. Uh, yes. Is that what Cork. it's called? Yeah. Yes. And I have two friends that have told me it's delicious. I, I can't see. You may be one of those guys. Yeah, I see you over there with your LaCroix. Yeah, well, that's right is... up your alley. That sparkling, uh, leg crossing uh, alcohol. Right? Yeah, I can't. I cannot do the uh, the seltzers. And no, I can't either, dude. Just, just not not my thing. I was at a Christmas party last weekend, and I swear I saw like twenty seven different varieties of seltzer. Yeah, like every got flavor one now, right? imaginable. Right? I think there was an eggnog one. I was like, oh, god, that sounds horrible. God. Um, but yeah, it's like yeah, the man, most, I just uh, most uh, American thing ever. Yeah. And, and this time of year, it's weird. I'm not a real big beer drinker outside of the summer. Yeah. Um, it's just as the older I've gotten, right? I mean, that was not the case, you know, 10, 15 years sure. ago. Sure. But um, I do notice that now I, 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 and I did this last time around Christmas to kind of spring me back in, is uh, I just, when I can't decide what I want, I always go back to Bell's Two Hearted. Oh, that's a, a good, it, good standby. It's in and of, of, Michigan of Brewery. Well, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's probably my favorite american beer yeah and i can always go back to like when i'm like you know i'm on a run and, and really what's weird is i'm more i've always been the last decade like an ipa guy mm-hmm. but i think my palate is changing to where it's done with the the hoppy stuff the ipas and, and you like and the malty so, stuff better like um casey beer company makes that dunkel yeah I, which is like I, a malty sweet it, it's it's okay yeah I, and i'll have one once in a while because they serve that when i used to go to the mavericks games they serve it out there at, at, at that arena yeah so, that's and, one of my favorites and it's 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 tasty like yeah I'll, I'll, but but it's a it's an every so often for me sure but bells man i could you know have a bell of one bells a night i mean it's just it's just a good it's like a i, I always say it's like a uh Upper class lake beer. That's what it. It's like yeah. lake beer with just a really good full flavor and and. Have you tasty. had uh, Easy Hearted, which is their yeah, like their the session, their locale like session IPA. version of it? It's, yeah. Yes, it's yeah. delicious. That that yeah. is my pool beer. Yeah. Because it's three point eight percent alcohol, so you can take a six pack out, you know, at the pool and it'd over be, a six straight. hour or seven period. Yeah, you're not, you're all right. Yeah. You know, you get buzzed and then it goes away and 
have the wife drive home and you wake up the next day and you feel all right. Depends on how many white claws she's had. Yes. <laughs> no, she usually sees it because I usually don't. If I crack a beer, she's usually like, all right, I'll, I'll have one and just let him rock and roll because I got the music behind me. I put the speaker right behind my head. I got my playlist. Right. And I just am cranking down locale too hard. <laughs> uh, I don't know. If you're anything like me, it just takes like two or three beers and I'm... It depends. Yeah, if I haven't eaten anything, right? I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, anything more than that, like. But man, nothing better than just slamming some, you know, some of those down real quick, and then maybe sipping a couple, and just got some tunes in the background. I'm on the hammock. I'm like, <laughs> I dra- I'm outside, but it's like in the middle of summer. I drag out my dad's big fan. Mm-hmm. I've got it angled up at me while I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is fantastic. This is heaven. Just yeah, you know, we got else. several more months before we get back there, though. We're heading into the uh, that middle of winter here. Yeah, we're all we're all heading into an interesting winter. Yes. Um, yeah, and I don't want to dwell on on that though. Oh no no I, no, that was just an inside little. We were having a discussion previously. Uh, Pre pod, yeah. Giving you trouble. No. Um. So yeah, I joked about it the being ladies, ladies night. Back yeah. To ladies, right? Yeah. yeah, I got two of our favorite ladies, uh, singer songwriters Courtney Barnett and Phoebe Bridgers. Um, we're gonna review uh, Courtney Barnett's album "Things Take Time, Take Time," which just came out in November, and then Phoebe Bridgers' album "Punisher," which came back out. It came out in 2020. Kind of the end of 2020, right? That is right. So um, still relatively new album, her newest album. Uh, before we go there, uh, I know you're not a Beatles guy. You do not put them on the pedestal, right? I respect the Beatles. Yeah. And I have all of their albums. I'm just not a, I'm not a fanatic. But you are like you're a music documentary guy, right? Yes, and and yes, yeah, talk a little bit about because you're gonna well you're gonna bring this up that documentary up later, right? I have not watched it yet, but I I've heard you and a couple of other people have told me like so the, the Beatles just, documentary Get Back yes. that's what I'm talking about yes, yeah the yes. one on Apple Plus correct so you heard positive things from uh, other people as yeah, well yeah so so my thing was is I just said hey I'm a Harrison guy. Like, I think the stuff that George Harrison did after the Beatles is far more interesting than the Beatles to me. Yeah. But I get the Beatles' place in music history. I get it all. I'm not delusional. You yeah. Know? Um, but they said no. Like, right off the bat, they're kind of showing some good Harrison, a little bit of tension and, and you know, whatever. So yeah, he I, walks I would, off at, at one point, yeah. and they have to kind of talk him, talk him back in, you know. Uh, but it's not as, like, hostile as... Like probably the press was making it out to be yeah, at the no, time. I mean, these guys friends that were fighting, and he's like sick of it. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm, I'm walking out for a while. Yeah, like, exactly. He didn't say I quit. Right. You know, he's just like, I got, I gotta get some air. But you do, <laughs> you do see, like he was always like the little brother of the band, right? He was younger he in was, age. To me, and, he was disrespected completely, and he was a, a genius in my mind. Well, and he was probably sitting on a handful of songs that were as good or better than anything that they were. Look, you know, recording. While my guitar gently weeps. Is one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah, even though it's got Eric Clapton on it, there. Well, the, that this yeah, but I come on, I separate that. <laughs> come on, don't don't, don't go down that road. Uh, and I think Eric Clapton is extremely overrated. I'll throw that out there. But it is cool though that like they didn't want anything to do with that song, and then it took him to get Clapton. Clapton was like, no, this is a great song. I'll play on it, and they, they you know they didn't credit it or whatever. Right. But I mean. Just think if they if George Harrison had way more self confidence early on, how to me even better the Beatles would have been. You know, I think they would have been a little trippier earlier. Forced the issue yes, more. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think they would have made more of the music that they made at the end of their careers, like right after their first couple albums. Yeah. 
You know? Yeah, I know. I think that's so that's right. That's where my brain, but it right. It's I'm making it all up, right? It's not a. I well, can't tell you that for sure, but that's hi, just the it's way hypothetical. That I look at. But you, yeah. Um, and I'm basing it off all the stuff he made after the Beatles. I mean, there's some weird stuff that like I don't get. Right. But you got to respect it, you know. Yeah, I mean, he was really coming into his own like maybe a couple albums before that, um, or before this this documentary, and you definitely see some of his uh, frustration with those guys. Definitely see. Paul taking charge, but I think it was just out of necessity because there. He, I mean, he was the leader of that band in terms of well, like. Kinda, well, everybody else was kind of wanting to fall apart and do their own thing, right? But Paul was the one trying to keep it together. You could see all of them like, like in this documentary, kind of taking on their own interests and then like hanging out with new people that were showing up in the studio. But but and, at like, the same time, like not hostile toward towards each other. No, right? not at all. It was just kind of like they all were like. What Look, if we can't do this all together and have all of us in it, yeah, we can't do it. Um, yeah, and I think what was coming through was the the fatigue of just being the Beatles and um, all that entailed, and they were just they looked tired. I mean, they looked tired <laughs> in like every single minute of that documentary. And one thing that I think is kind of neat, it's like it's boring. It's a boring documentary. There are moments that are magical. But like it's it's kind of boring, but it's by design because it's it's showing the tediousness of the creative process and then like the repetition, and um, I don't know. But you get these like magic moments, like uh, Paul piecing the chords together for "Let It Be," like off camera in the background while the rest of them are bullshitting about something. You know, you hear it come together for the first time in the background, and then the whole thing, like all eight hours of it, right? It's eight hours over three three parts. It builds towards that rooftop concert which mm-hmm. is uh pretty cool i mean there's like the last 45 minutes of the, of the documentary of that rooftop concert and um it, it was just really really well done and uh made me appreciate those guys even more i'm excited i'm excited to check it out i really am yeah and then the other musical documentary that i've checked out since we did this last is uh one more time with feeling uh on your your advice and just you know after after uh you know taking in those three albums of his i I had to go there you you took yourself right back down to the bottom huh i did yeah but it's worth it right like do you agree it's just like very touching and moving and stark and like it it really is and And like when you were telling me it's emotional it's definitely emotional when you were telling me that he did that when he let camera crews in to kind of record him during the recording process or or uh you know make a documentary right after he lost his son i don't i don't know like part of me thought that was kind of tasteless or like no but like after watching it do you understand what i was telling you it's yeah, beautiful it's, it's not tasteless. yeah it's no it's it's beautiful no it's um, a it's a it's a lesson to other humans in my opinion yeah i mean there are a couple a couple moments that are like tough like he, why else do that right because he's he wasn't like it i don't know only he can do something like that and the genuineness comes across in my opinion like he, there was nothing hokey or he wasn't doing or, it for the wrong reasons no and half the time i don't even think he knew he was being filmed he was hollow dude he was like yeah lost and it yeah. was very weird that he let i mean vulnerable and like took a little bit of the mystery away from him but it made me love him even more as just a person because like wow yeah it made me uh love him more and warren ellis i mean what a cool guy warren ellis like old man cool just sitting there playing that like synth keyboard on his on his lap yep or like that three thousand dollar violin that he yeah. he had um just Dude, and he's just like laid back and like crazy and like 
experimental and multi-instrumentalist like they just, contrast just so well a true professional and just cool as shit yeah guy yeah those two might be the two two coolest old old guy combination absolutely ever <clears throat> maybe ever, ever in the history yeah. of music yeah there it's yeah. it's unbelievable and i love the fact that cave gives him tons of credit yeah like nick cave has like no e like at this point in his life he to me he has transcended what life is about as a human being like to me his journey and his experiences and like what he's doing now and his and his his attitude it's it's inspiring like i i get his red hand files and like i'm just like how do you let yourself like be that wise but like not be an asshole about it like helpful with it you know no i think you said it he's just wise right yeah um it's like he's not human, man. He's like a, he's like I, I hate to say this, but he's like a god. He's like a spirit, like a that an though. Angel that documentary sort of. made him seem more human, way yes. more down to earth. Yes. Than he, just like a regular regular took, dude, it took you the can have a conversation. Him, but at the same time, it created a whole other realm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there were a couple minutes, uh, moments in that doc that were pretty difficult to like uh, to watch, like when his his wife talks about finding that drawing or painting that um their son the son that passed away art arthur, arthur right? yes uh that he had when he was like five he he'd drawn uh this drawing or, or painted this painting of uh basically the place where he he died when he was 15 this like was it a lighthouse or windmill like by the cliff yeah yeah there yeah it was like a i know it was a i know it was a cliff and they weren't like i mean it was an accident but i think that he was on on some psychedelics um but yeah yeah, yeah and that that painting in yeah, the fact that he had, I mean, painted this thing, and then, and then his wife fate, Susie like, finds it, and yeah, that was tough. And then uh, the other part was tough was just uh, him talking about, um, you know, people after it happened, people looking at him and him being this subject of pity. Like all of a sudden, he became this subject of mm-hmm. of pity. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, like when my dad passed away, I remember feeling that way, and I'm sure my sister felt that way, like. And you don't want that, right? You don't want to be like the subject of other people's pity. But I remember right. that feeling. And uh, did that did that hit you again, like when you watched that? Just well, that that um, statement just resonated, right? It's like, uh, yeah. So it was uh, it was good. It's um, heavy, dude. But it's like there's something about it that's so raw and real that. And it's like I said, I, I thought about what I said in, in the, the previous episode, and I didn't mean it that way. I didn't mean, like, I was excited that his son passed away. No, I know? don't think anybody took it that no, way. No, but I, I don't. I mean, I was devastated. Like, I mean, I cried. I, I, I love this guy. I mean, what, what his music means to me and, and his yeah. genius of, of who he is and the feeling that he gives me. And see somebody hurt like that. Somebody but you I, care but about I, hurt like that. Yes, but I knew, like, I, I was like, the the... If he can, I, I said, if he continues to make music, mm-hmm. it is going to be unlike anything before it. It's, he's it, going to continue it, to evolve, even in his old age. He's going to find because he has to to find it, right? He he he. Don't he, you respect that um, more than like any other way of doing it? I think of like yeah, I don't know, like bands like Weezer who never seem to grow up. Like they're still singing songs about going to the mall and, yeah. and shit you know like, yeah, like playing right into their bit like never evolving or progressing right they become like caricatures of yeah. themselves yeah and that was you know one of my favorite bands when i was in 
high school or yeah, whatever, no, I, like the I, Blue I, Album I, I and Pinkerton. Yeah. But like they they never evolved, mm-hmm. and as much as I like some, like they're not the only band, but the bands that don't evolve, like their later stuff, I I don't appreciate. And I'd rather them like yeah. do something uh, that's not commercially viable or that maybe I don't even like, but just take a chance because um, they're bored with doing what they've. Well, and like I'm that like one thing that came to mind is like I'm a big New Order fan, and their last album from like 2016 is. I mean, it, it's like they progressed at almost you know in their 60s, like right on the cusp of their 60s, mm-hmm. and they had like every good sound that they've had, but they still made it like fresh and like the feeling, like after you listen to it a while, the feeling that it gives you, is unmatched in a lot of things that I. Li- it's just a. I can't explain it. It's just like a happy, like euphoric feeling when I listen to that sure. album. And I'm like, those guys are pushing 60. Like, so to your point, yeah. it, it, you know, uh, and then a lot of like hardcore New Order fans like trashed it, whatever. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this is a, to me, it was a masterpiece for, for their age. Yeah. You know, and they had Brandon Flowers of the Killers on a track and it was just fresh and, and, but still very New Order. Still, you know? still getting them off. Right? Yeah, and still... like their original basis is gone, and they, they, they know that. Like right. that's the dirty little secret, you know. And they, they don't like each other, whatever. But they carved that part out and went more towards like kind of the electronic, which is more yeah, and more synthy. Yeah, you know, with a little bit of instrumentation, Just but new. Yeah. New iteration or new. Right, and new and offshoot. and so it 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 confirms like what you're talking about when you see that bands that are able to do that, and when you're able to do it where you still keep that magic that consistency mm-hmm. through your music, whether mm-hmm. you like New Order or not. But I mean, the consistency has been there and it stays there and it, it gets progresses upon or it's just a little under, but it never really, mm-hmm. it's just good stuff, you know? So it kind of confirms like, all right, these these are good musicians. It's, it's got to be uh, much more difficult, and but also much more rewarding to kind of chase that magic versus just kind of going back to the formula, you know, like going back to what, what right. works, right? Like, right. Um, Do it for yourself too. Yeah. Absolutely. So, all right. So, do we want to talk about Courtney Barnett first? You you go ahead. You pick, man. You go ahead. Let's go. Let it go Courtney. It She's okay. been uh, on the planet a little bit longer than than Phoebe. So she, uh, indie rocker, indie rocker, I guess is what you would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Australian, like Nick Cave. Left-handed, like me. So I, I love uh, her from the beginning. She is a lefty, yeah. yeah. Um, I think she's like at her mid thirties, early to mid thirties. Thirty-four, I think now. Thirty-five. Okay. Um, I don't know. To me, she writes these like catchy, vibrant, uh, guitar-driven songs. Um, kind of comes off as really laid back. Yeah, she's like a. That's why she's a. She's a perfect female counterpart to Kurt Vile. Like she's like the female version of Kurt Vile. She's like a, the sibling of Kurt Vile. Yeah, sibling is better because I don't want to say female version because she's completely different in her own thing. But like they're, like they're both very quirky and comfortable for me. So I, I, sl- I mean, I, yeah. I remember, so it was 2015, I had started a new job, and I was, we were building these tile displays mm-hmm. uh, to go into a retailer. And so that consumed, like, a bunch of my time, like, right when I got there. And I was uh, cutting tile in a, in a guy's garage, like, two days a week, all day long, mm-hmm. you know, cutting these tile pieces. Listening to the only thing you had where they were like, uh, you know, those ear protection, but they're also a radio. Oh yeah, I know exactly so what like you're talking the, you about. Know, talking, yeah. Looking yeah. like you work at the airport or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> on right. Your so that's all they had. That's all he had. And I turned it on. I was listening to 96.5. Yeah. And this song kept coming on. And it was it was her song. It was kind of that uh, 
God, now my mind's drawing. It's uh, kind of the um, pedestrian at best. Yeah, the sing speak kind of yes. song where it's just yes. like rambling, kind of stream right. of consciousness. Right. Yeah, that's the song that got me with her too. Me, me too. I heard that on the radio uh, as well. Yes. And that that stood out. I was like, okay, this is this is something here. Yeah, we instantly, got something right? Here. So instantly, I went, I went yeah. and bought just that song. It was like whatever dollar twenty nine because it had just come out. Or yeah. And then like six months later, it it shuffled back on or something and i was like oh man so i went and bought that i think it was split peas ep something it was like so i bought everything that they had of hers mm-hmm. and got familiarized and then like right after that the albums after that she started turning into more of like kind of a country rock like you know acoustic guitar which i was like but it worked right it yeah, was like almost lot, like a natural a, a lot different than yes, that pedestrian at best out. song which that yes. that pedestrian at best song reminds me just the way it's almost like spoken word you know that song, uh, "Detachable Penis" by King Missile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, obviously different different theme to, yeah, that, the, to that song. The cadence and the the cadence, just yeah. like the spoken word, like not even like attempting yeah. to sing, just like no, uh, you know, spurting out words. I don't know. But um, it was very like punky and rock and like yeah, like I'm like like I remember thinking like Bob, you shouldn't you shouldn't like this, you know, as a 37 year old man or 38 whatever like it. But I, I did like it. Yeah. And then and then I was in the midst of kind of like, you know, just sucking up as much new music as I could. And so I grabbed her and she, I mean, and then she does, does the album with Kurt Vile, which is, to me, a, a, a masterpiece, a 10 out of yeah. 10 album. And, and I hope they do another one because, man, are they good together. And it takes both of them, right? Like, neither one overshadows. And that, to me, that shows you how good Courtney Barnett is. You know, and, and how both of those guys guys and girls both of them are um like true artists musicians and something special and they they should not work together only because they are so similar sonically right they both played like jangly guitar they both have this like deadpan way of singing very dry-witted very quirky, quirky. Yes. and yes. it's like Sometimes too much of one thing is, or too much, too much of a good thing is doesn't work, you know. So, and, but what um, they did is they just fifty-fifty. They didn't do too much. Yeah. They did just, just kind of dialed it back. And they even took turns where she had a song. He, I mean, I don't know about you, man, but that album is. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, that's a lot of lot of sea lice, right? Yes. And yes. that came out in like twenty seventeen. Yes, and and Stella Stella from um, Stella Mogwai, I think is how you say her name from yeah. Warpaint, who yeah. I've seen them a couple. She did times the there. drumming on the album we're going to talk about. Yeah, or and the drum, she uh, is drum machine. Also, right, and she is, was also in Kurt Vile and the Violators for a couple tours. So like, she, oh really? She drummed okay. with him, and she was the drummer for a lot of Sea Lice. It's well. cool how all these people just kind of hang together, you know. And, and nobody's mad at yeah, yeah. You're okay. Well, you're busy with Courtney. I can't. Yeah, okay, or you're you know. Yeah, well, whatever. like the the Courtney Barnett, Kurt Vile. Uh, Mike Polizzi, like wow, that. talk about another great album. Yeah, and we'll cover that one of these days. Um, they kind of run together, like and then like Phoebe Bridgers has got her her own circle of like uh, the two ladies that are in uh, Boy Genius with her and Connor Oberst, mm-hmm. and she'll do stuff with Matt Berninger of the National. Yeah, and, and she's dating that actor. Whatever his name is. Yes, yeah, I don't know his his don't name. Um, but yeah. Um, so what else? I mean, what else can we say about her? Um, you know, she super witty. I think really sharp. She's she lyricist. was like uh, she's the, the word that I, it, she's cute, and in a variety of ways. She's just like she's just that's a, a cute. That's how a I cute, feel about Phoebe, man. Yeah, she's just <laughs> like 
not like, oh, she's hot or she's, a, she's just this like, fu- like, I'm like, man, I would be total buddies with Courtney Barnett. Like, you know, she's just. You get the strong sense that she's just a really good person. Yeah, just. As well, and, and especially like, from like this she's... latest album, which yes. we'll get into. But I feel like she's very like, um, like very convicted. But at the same time, I feel like even if you disagreed with her on shit, she'd just be like, yeah, that's cool. Whatever. Yeah. Like, we're, we'll find a comment. Well, that's what you I'm know, saying. She a... seems. Really, really laid back. Yeah, and I read some interviews with her after this album dropped, and she was talking about, like, you know, you can't change things overnight, and I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, you know, she's like, but, like, when it comes to climate change, she's like, just recycle. Like, everybody recycle. We'll start there. And, like, being very logical and practical the way, and I'm like, good for you. Yeah. You know, because that's actually risky for her to say that, because some people might attack her for it. Well, yeah, But because you know the context and how the kind of person she is nobody's going to say anything because yeah. they know what she's saying makes way more sense than the extremes they want to try to go to overnight, you know? Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta appreciate her for that. So we talked about, you know, how, how, um, you know, she pairs well with Kurt Vile. Like mm-hmm. those two are great mm-hmm. together. That album is great. Um, does she remind you of, uh, anybody else? No, like she wants to. She she seems familiar. Like mm-hmm. she's very comfortable and familiar, just like Kurt Vile to me. But like, to me, they're unlike anyone else. I mean, there may be like, oh well, kind of like that. But I mean, they're both so. It's funny because my mom, she's pushing seventy. You know, she, well, you know, listened to a lot of music when I was a kid. It was very influential on. But she was like mm-hmm. Hall and Oates and Boz Skaggs and Neil Diamond yeah. and Tina Turner and you know BB King and stuff like that. Sure. And um, I was playing this, I was playing Kurt Vile uh, and Courtney Barnett album a couple of years ago, and she, we were going, I think it was three Christmases ago, maybe four Christmases ago, we were going to see the, uh, what's the train? Polar Express. Polar Express, yeah. And I just had it kind of playing mid-level while I was driving or whatever, and we got, when we got there, she's like, what were you listening to? She's like, that was very comfort, comforting. Yeah. Just kind of Sort of timeless, too. It doesn't feel like it's, it's um, assigned to a particular space and time and like music history it just it's like you could play that a hundred years from now and it would still be yeah it's just her and an acoustic guitar and you know pretty pretty simple on this new album she's like you know to me everybody kind of progresses to a little bit of synth like a a little bit here and there just because it's i mean it's everywhere right but you don't want to overdo it and try to feel like you're so she kind of did this with the new album yeah i think and that's largely because she was um trapped during the Out of pandemic necessity, right correct correct but look um, what she made that's i mean yeah and this is like that's her third album right she did her uh i mean she played in bands for years and years but i think her first album um full-length album was that uh sometimes i sit and think mm-hmm. and sometimes i just sit and that's the one that has pedestrian at yes, best on the, it the one before that was the split pzp that i think i bought the like they did a deal where you bought them together digitally okay okay so that's what i thought i was gonna actually gonna look on my phone I'm gonna yeah i still had music on my phone that's um, and then 2018, Tell Me How You Really Feel. I don't know. The song that jumps off from that album to me is Need a Little Time. That, that became a fairly popular song, Need a Little Time. Well, that whole album was fantastic. Yeah. I thought. It, no, that, that's my favorite album. Yeah. I like that one even more than this, this newest one, which we're going to yes, talk I about. Agree. Uh, Things Take Time, Take Time. And then we already mentioned, um, the collaboration with Kurt Vile on 2017's album, uh, A Lot of Sea Lice. The double EP of Sea of Split Peas was the the, e, the EP that I that she had before. Sometimes I uh, 
I sit and think, and sometimes I just sit. Yeah, yeah. So sorry it took me a little bit there to get that for you. No, all good. Um, all right, so you want to jump into this album, Things Take Time, comma, take time? Right, right, yeah. Uh, I mean, it. it uh, we don't have to, you know, dig into each track, because there's, there's not a, I think just kind of the the spirit of these two and, and, and what it's about and the general general theme, because it's it kind of is just a, a big, to me it's just a big, kind of just hang session with her you know you never really it, it, it to me i mean yeah there's a few tracks that i like over other ones but it's the same thing with phoebe bridgers like it's it's more of just like a feeling or a mood or you know what i mean i don't think of when i think of these art two artists in particular i don't think of one song like when i think of them i don't think of a song that jumps out other than pedestrian at best because that was my way in yeah but other than that i mean it's a pretty consistent mixture of music and then she's got a few uh she's got an mtv unplugged and a live at, uh, electric ladyland studios okay that's if, if you get time to check it out are very 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 good yeah no so I, different yeah, kind we'll, of takes on the songs and very good yeah i'll have to check both of those out um so i mean we started getting into this but she wrote most of this album i guess on the road and then the pandemic hit so she finished writing it and then recorded the whole thing during kind of the height of the lockdown, she was, I think, staying at her friend's apartment, kind of trapped, yes. trapped indoors. Yeah. yeah. And uh, is Stella, is it Mazgawa? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. I think I said Magua. I meant Mazagua. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Mazagua. Is that right? Um, I think so. I don't know. I apologize because um, I wish I But she's from the band probably. War Paint. Yeah, which they're fantastic. And um, she came in and I guess contributed on the drum machine. Well, she she helped produce the whole album. Like so, okay. she was asked. I guess Courtney Barnett was kind of asking her a couple questions here and there, and then it got to be so bad. Courtney Barnett was like, "Hey, do you want to just come in and, you know, help me produce this album?" And so she came in, and they just, I mean, it created a fun little album. It is a fun, know? yeah, it's a fun little album. It's um, it feels very much like a lockdown album. Like uh, it's comparably quieter than her mm-hmm. previous stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty stripped down, I think. Uh, it's a lot of her just like looking out the window, um, observing the world, like what's going yeah. on around her, yeah. uh, reflecting on relationships and kind of um, taking care of personal business, I guess, for the lack of a better yeah, way to put Yeah, and the cool it. thing about her is like, um, same thing with Kurt Vile, is like you identify with them on the level that like their songs are just kind of the way your brain thinks some days, you know, like it just pops out all these different things that you've been wrapping up or thinking of or whatever. And she yeah. puts that into a song. And so like, right pretty, when you yeah. think a song's about like a breakup, you're like, well, no, I mean, yeah, that's like, like, the, but it's not really about that. It's just that happened to be something that she threw in there. And then she's like, Oh, but that reminds me, like, I'm still cool with you. Like, sorry, it went shitty or whatever, you know, but it's not a breakup album or a breakup song or she just, they just take everyday life and the way their crazy brains kind of bounce around from together. one thing to the next. Yeah, and they're able. It's like Kurt Vile and Courtney Barnett. They're it's crazy because they're able to write. And Tweedy does this a lot. They they write and then and Matt Berninger in the National. They they write from this abstract, weird, like incohesive song that makes perfect sense. <laughs> does that make sense? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The um, feeling it creates and the way that your brain already thinks that way. Yeah. So when you hear those albums, that your brain's just kind of like, hey, this well, is kind of like a fractured narrative. Yeah. But that yeah. is the way the mind kind of works, right? Um, and and very few put it to reality as closely as yeah those two, in my opinion. Yeah. 
kind of feel what it's like to live inside of her head in a way. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah, and like they get they like to me like when I listen to Courtney Barnett or Kurt Ball, I'm like and or Jeff Tweedy, I'm like they get they get what it's like to be a, a flawed human being. Like and they're able to convey it so well and like file and barnett are awesome because they're like self-deprecating and hilarious and serious and quirky and unfiltered and you know apologetic but unapologetic and then like they're just talking about things that they're just thinking about they never did but you can kind of understand that and it it almost scares you sometimes you're like whoa this like (laughs) makes perfect sense to me (laughs) um you know i said earlier i think she's like she comes off as a, a genuinely good human being. And I yeah. say that because, like, some of these songs are about uh, just, like, leaving apology voicemails to, like, a friend or a family member after some kind of falling out or, like, checking in on old friends or... Um, or relationships, like letting go of relationships. Yeah, I think there's, like, three songs that are, like, confessions of love. Parts and, and pieces You know, she's got a crush on somebody or whatever. Um, it just seems like she's... She's like taking care of a lot of personal business, you know, during the pandemic yep. and uh, dealing with shit in a healthy way. When yeah. There was a lot, a lot of suckiness in the world mm-hmm. at the time, right? And just comes off as, you know, she's real wise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she gets yeah. it and yeah. a good friend and a good, good person. I don't know. That's and yeah. It's hard. Well, it's hard not to like her. I mean, it would be. Yeah, and she's very like relatable. Like no matter what like lifestyle or situation you are you know, gay, straight, whatever, trans, you know, drunk, high, like what, like, you know what I mean? It, to me, she's a very, just like, how do you not like, she's like Betty White. Like, how yeah. do you not love, like, if you yeah. tell me like, oh, I hate Courtney Barnett, like, you may not like her music, but I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's a, that's a good wanna, analogy, Betty, yeah, Betty I just White. Wanna, yeah. I, every time I like listen, and even Kurt Vile, like, I feel like if I ever met him, I wouldn't say anything. I just want to go up and hug him. I was going to say, give Same him a thing hug. With, like, I was Neil just going to say, give I, him I a hug. Wanna, I just want to like, I don't want to talk to Neil Young because I know he's surly and I'm surly and yeah, but like, I just want to like go up and hug him <laughs> and just say, thank you, Neil. God bless you. Uh, and just walk away. In yeah. fact, that's all I would want to do. Same thing with Courtney Barnett. Like I just, I don't even want to, Hey, I'm a big, I just want to give her a big hug and just, mm-hmm. you know, God dang it. You're a treasure. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, yeah. This is a person Isn't that weird. Just this is a person that I don't know this for a fact, but I know it's true. She probably writes like handwritten letters to people. You know what I mean? A- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yes. Yes. Um, just a sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this album, like, I don't know, just, it's a kind of a cheery album. Um, kind of a brightness to it or vibrancy yeah and to even it. when she's talking about like sucky stuff like she's still just like yeah yeah okay like it's part of life like and and at the end there's always a little hope right and like yeah. same thing with Vile, there's always some hope yeah you know like just that little bit of like makes you feel like when you're listening to it, it makes you feel real because like all the weird crap that going mm. around the world and like what's real what's fake what's mm. but like that's real you know so you're just yeah. like and the older i get i want to just you know, we'll talk one of my things later here with one of my fives that were new, but like, it's just comes off as that feeling like the older you get, you know what I mean? It's harder to get excited about things. Yeah. So or the feeling she gives me curve out, like it excites me. I just yeah. like, Neil well, Young, I think, I'm like oh, uh, Jesus, it excites me. She's authentic. She's, yeah. you know, there's no pretense to it. No, no. Um, seems very much like at ease and, uh, just very comfortable in her own skin at this point. Right. Yeah. And don't you and, think this album kind of like gets that across too? Attending like, to her present moment experience. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, we won't do a deep dive of each song or whatever. I'll throw out a few that 
I really liked. I mean, my favorite is that first track, Ray Street. Yeah, that's, um, that's in my top three. Just uh, got her in kind of like full observation mode, looking out the window, you know, kind of seeing this parent teaching their kid how to ride a bike and dogs on a walk um, tangled up, you know, in their leashes and a couple painting their house and neighbor kids running amok and lawns getting mowed. Um, just normal shit. Just normal, normal stuff, stuff that she's yeah. taking into art or turning into art. Yeah, rather. like she's being like, and those people don't even know she sees them. You know, it's like, that's the cool part too. And like, and you relate to it. Cause you're like, when she's like, you know, the mom yells, do you ever shut up or whatever? Like, it sounds horrible, but like, as a parent, when you lose your shit, you're like, yeah. I identify with that. You know, like, do you guys yeah. ever shut up? Like, it's whatever. That's real. It's real life. Right. Yeah. And like, it's hard to find real life now. <laughs> like what? Like, I want that real feeling. And or like, you know, we grew up at roughly the same time. So like, I think. Like, they have a bit of old school to them, right? Like, she has a bit of, like... Yeah, she makes me feel like when soul. I was, like, a, a 10 or 12-year-old. Yeah. Like, I feel happy, like a kid again. Like, but she's 34 years old, you know? So yeah. it's like, did you see that generation above you and just glorify them? Almost so like you... she hasn't lost her innocence or, or... Yeah, she's just... She's not a jaded person. No. Um... Won't allow herself to be jaded, which was why she's a fantastic... Yeah. Artist, you know, um, that a lot of people can relate to because we're looking for that happiness, you know. Let's talk about uh, like artists as observers because she's very much in observation mode, you know, looking out the window, basically describing kind of what she's seeing. But like, to me, an artist is somebody that can. Well, but she conveys that too, right? Like, you, you literally pick, at least me, I picture her. Looking out the window and just well, and there's a there's a video for the song. Yeah, and that's yeah, exactly for, what yes. she's doing. But that yeah, you is, definitely yes, you even, definitely get yeah, that. I know that, but I thought I think that even before this album. Like yeah, you just you picture her doing just, that. Yeah, or like if she's talking to somebody, I always picture her. Just, and like, then turning it into yeah, the song. And yeah. like to me, like artists, I guess, are these people that like observe the world, like and then reflect it back to us. Um, in this case, as like, close as they can, yeah. In the way that it really well, and sometimes is. you can't do it with uh, words alone, right? You need lyrics and music, and you're able to capture it that way. This kind of this feeling that we have, but that we can't articulate. And right, um, like yeah, exactly. That's exactly like it's like a recycling process, right? Taking it in the world and spitting it back out. And I guess when it works well, it's because kind of we like the listeners see it as the truth. It feels. Right. It feels true to us. Right. And then um, what's cool is like normal people like you and I, like that's the closest, like this, the way we're talking and agreeing or whatever on certain things, that's the closest that you'll have to like understanding like the exact same feeling. Yeah. So that's cool. having another human like, being yeah. to reflect it back. Right. So and like to when confirm, you talk, <laughs> yes, confirm you're like, what you already believe. And once in a while you like look at each other and you're like, you, you know, you've yeah. had the exact same experience. So yeah. you're like, this guy gets it. Yeah, like, the, I need you. Like, I knew, you knew, I knew, like, all right, well, oh, you, yeah. uh, you know, I know exactly. Stop the lawnmower. I know exactly how it, it <laughs> catches you, you know? So that's, and that's that's what's awesome about her and, and the, all the others we've talked about, Phoebe Bridgers, you know, Kurt Vile, we've got war paint. They're, they're, speaking of women, I mean, the last decade, if you really look, is a decade for, like, women bringing rock back in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. pop rock to where it's like, good stuff but it hits the mainstream and you're okay with it like you get you know i get it they got to make concessions like it's not complete sellout because that's kind of what they were to begin with and they got discovered it's not like they mm -hmm. taylor swift it where she switches a whole genre to just blow up and you know be right. popular right it, it happens on its own but like i mean 
and Stonefield is another very, I mean, a lot of people call them a stoner band, but they're a band of sisters, and it's kind of very like Led Zeppelin meets Black Sabbath, just dark kind of, and dude, What are they called again? Uh, Stonefield. Okay. And they rock, I mean, you know, it's a little bit of a mood, but they, they rock, and it was funny because right, right as the pandemic was heading, um, it was like the end of February here, uh, a friend of mine saw them at the, um, record bar. Okay. And and the the new that's the only time I've been to the small one intimate there. venue. Yeah, and and I saw them open up for King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard like a year previously. Mm-hmm. So then when they came to town like last minute, I found it was like two days. I'm like, oh, you know. And then this dude at work was into it, so I was like, ah, oh, well, we'll go to you know, go down. Yeah. And they, I mean, <laughs> they confirmed what I thought at <laughs> when I saw them open up. They were like the opener to the opener. Yeah. And I, man, uh... those chicks, they bring it. I think of, uh, you know, we went to that Wilco show that ended up getting rained out before mm-hmm. Wilco got on, but Slater Kenny got up there. They rocked it and out. And they kicked ass. And then there was, there was like, you know, thunderstorms. So there was, mm-hmm. like, lightning strikes in the background. Dude, yeah. And it was just... And we were all having, like, heated debates in the back and beers. And, like, that was a fun that, night, dude. That was a fun night. And, and they they kicked ass. And, yeah. like, I just hope somebody some um, somewhere or some, there snapped a photo of them just rocking out with like a lightning bolt yeah, coming down dude, in the background because yeah that was a that was a fun like it sucked but at the same time we had a blast the yeah had we made the blast. best of it oh my god like again like we were talking about like you go home after a night like that and you feel human you're like mm-hmm. argued a little bit laughed a little bit agreed a little bit saw a little bit of music like it was yeah god it was so much fun like it was you know? <laughs> yeah it it was um it was great but they rocked it out yes they um, really did do a good job for yeah. the half hour they were up there and you know, high M. Yeah, that yeah, we, um, we witnessed them live. And it was that, a good show. And did you end up getting? Not yet, not but yet. I'm, okay. I'm going to. I I made like just so you know the run up to that, depending on how the whole travel schedule goes, I may try to like last minute you know get, get a long ticket and sneak. So I'll let you know. Well, I want to get if I go, I want to yeah, take seats take my daughter yeah, and get right. really good seats in the pavilion, like really close. Yeah, oh, absolutely, I understand. Below her little mind. Yes. But yes. I was, and look, it will I was blow looking at that's inspirational. They're not they're not cheap. What are they what, what are they going for for the pavilion? Well, if you want to get like in the first ten rows or something, no, like closer to three hundred bucks, I think, when I was looking. So yeah. Whoa, um, they're commanding three hundred dollar tickets at an outdoor venue. Yeah, I mean that was for the kind of the best seats in the house. But Ooh-wee. yeah. But I'm like, how cool would that be to take? Dude, but you could still get great seats beyond that. Like, do you remember those national seats we had? Those were fantastic, and those were just yeah. right to the off the producer circle, like, but still considered in the. Yeah, they're in front of the PA. Still. Yeah, that yeah, was, those were great seat. seats, yeah. kind of at an angle, so you could see the whole. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so a, that's a great venue. Um, oh, un, unsung best venue. I mean, yeah. I've been to a lot of states, not a ton, but like when I travel for to go see shows. But man, Starlight is right up there as good as it gets yeah it's it's underrated yeah underrated especially if you get like i when i think of starlight i always think of uh the cure because that's where i've seen them and they just i mean it fits the whole mood yeah the sound you know just well, i've seen incredible. arcade fire there oh I've seen that the was national incredible there. yes oh my um, gosh those were incredible shows yeah incredible shows <laughs> yeah. yeah and that one where we went where it rained that just add to me that just added to the greatness that was the last time they were here. Oh yeah, just the uh, was that eighteen the waterfall 18, down the staircase, think, yeah. and we were just yeah. having a blast, man. The band didn't care; they got Neither through did it. We right? No, we did not I care. I mean, that was awesome. Um, all right, so have you ever seen the movie um, Patterson with Adam Driver? 
You would, no. you would know if you did. Mm-mm. It's uh, he plays this bus driver who's also a poet. Bus driver by day, and he's a poet. Beat poet. Uh, I don't know if you'd call him yeah. a beat poet. Just he, a um, poet. But he he takes a regular poet. The movie is plotless, right? Mm-hmm. And people skewer it for being boring and like nothing really happens, right? But like, it's it's him kind of turning his banal like everyday experiences into poetry. And you see, you see him go through his day, and he kind of follows the same routine every day. And then when he gets these little quiet moments to himself, you know, on a break or whatever, uh, he'll sit down head. and and write right. poetry. And then you, you kind of see that across the screen. And so it's it's this idea of like just kind of taking everyday experiences and turning that into into art. And uh, uh, this song reminded me of that right she's just looking out the window mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> reporting back and what she's she's yeah, seeing that's how she's that's how and, she's filtering and viewing the world yeah that's yeah. the way her brain sees things um and that's the way like that's what i love like i i, I have a you know probably have add and i'll sit there and be focused intently and then a, a lyric will pop in my head or something will walk you know and you just so then for like five minutes you're having this it's like abstract <laughs> conversation with yourself internal or dialogue yeah like, and then you're like oh i gotta get back to work <laughs> yeah except usually it's like 25 minutes later yeah it has been sometimes it's real quick but other times it's like you look at the clock you're like oh boy it's been a half hour and i've just been deciding with myself what i should do in this situation you know it's like my god <laughs> funny how the mind works yeah um i don't know other songs i, I mean i like this whole album kind of front to back um See, I really like, I do like, too, what, but I really like um, Before You Gotta Go. That's a fun song. Yeah, I have that one start as well. Um, this is that one where she's like telling a loved one how much they mean to her after they had some yeah, kind of really, falling out. Yeah, I really, Before You Gotta like, Go, 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 I really want to let you know, no, no, that you're always on my mind, you know. Yeah, and like, to me, it's like a voicemail. It's like she's leaving, leaving a voicemail. Um, yeah, or it's a song to like all of her friends that she doesn't get to see that often, you know, like. Yeah. It may have started by one experience, but then you realize, like, man, there's all these people that, like, she's probably got, it's not like she talks to Kurt Vile every day. Or yeah. Talk, you know, so you got those friends where you're just like, hey, just love everybody, like, peace, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, she seems to have, like, the, the wisdom to know that, uh, like, relationships are kind of delicate things, and that you got to be kind of careful with your yes. words and, um, you know, work on those relationships before yep. it's too late. Yeah, um, yeah, or, or keep them, or, or also appreciate the like the best or just like the most understanding friends like that's those are the best friendships because you're just like it's there's no stress you're just like yeah cool man like and 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 it just god it's like oh my god all right, that person gets it that person understands it and those are the people and then you don't get to talk to them as much as you'd like but when you do it's like oh it's quality amazing. quality well, and quantity and, yeah and, and then you under like you're like oh my god i'm not alone like there's people that are fighting this and like this is just right the, the struggle is real <laughs> <laughs> i don't i'm that should that's not a good joke but you know what i mean i yeah i know what you meant um other songs on this album you you like um i mean like i'm like you and i'm like that this with her where i love all of it you know it's it, it's before you gotta before you gotta go um is is my the one that always catches me i love ray street um mm-hmm. I like that turning green. The scents in that song are pretty cool. Like, it grows on you to me. Yeah, that I have in my notes. They're different from anything else on the album. Yeah, heavy, so it takes Heavy a while. drum machines. Yeah, it takes me a while. Me likey, that's what it yeah, says. Yeah, right, yeah. It's, it took me a while because it's... 
There's a build-up to the it. Other... There's a build-up on right. the front end of the song. and Right. And then once it clicks, you're like, hey, that's a pretty good song, you know? Um, yeah. Um, what else? Uh, oh, the Night, the, the last song, kind of a, a ballad. I think there's some piano on there, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another kind of love letter song, um, along with uh, If I Don't Hear From You Tonight. and uh, Right. Uh, here's the thing I think is kind of a love letter song too, right? Yes. Um, but I, I don't know, just, uh, she, uh, it, her music puts me in a better mood. I will say that like, oh, dude. consistently come out of it kind of it's feel, six, feeling six, better yeah. as a human being. Same thing with Kurt Vile and Neil Young. And, and like, I just like, if I want to feel, force myself to be happy, like, I will throw one of those, you know, cert with Neil Young. It depends on the, the variety. Yeah. But, but with like Vile, man, I can throw Vile on and just, or Courtney, and it's just like, I'm instantly in a good mood. Or especially if I throw their co album, The Lot of Sea Lice. Mm-hmm. I mean, Blue Cheese, if I am really pissed off, yeah. I will listen to Blue Cheese and just smile. Snapshot of it. Yeah, just smile on it. Like, I'm all right. Just get, get over yourself, Bob. Like, stop being a douche, you know? So. Anything else to say about. Uh... Courtney Barnett or this album before we uh, move on. It was a great effort, I think, for the the, the limited tools she had at her disposal, the way she handled it. Um, Great album. I still like the previous album a touch better. Yeah. But I do really like this album. And it goes well with what I've been, I kind of was listening to this, Phoebe Bridgers, The War on Drugs, new one, kind of mixing those all in together. And it was was a nice, kind of a nice. Yeah. All all mixes and mashes. Pretty well. Pretty well, yeah. Um, so uh, a vouch for you on this one? Yeah, yeah. I'm, like I said, I don't think it's her strongest effort, but I would give it a, I would give it an A minus. I mean, it's a great album. Yeah, um, like you, the I think the previous album or sophomore album, I guess, mm-hmm. is my my favorite. But mm-hmm. it's still really good, and I I vouch for it for sure. Yeah. And um, it's uh, yeah, good time. All right, so we'll uh, flip over to Phoebe Bridgers. All right, same thing, kind of an indie rocker. Uh, American from Pasadena, California. I think she's in her late 20s. Um, I think I looked at because I looked at who she's 29, 28. Yeah, I think she's like in her late 20s. Yeah. Um, uh, kind of a, you know, acoustic guitar driven like uh, Courtney uh, Barnett. Um, but a whole different mindset. <laughs> I think so. I think her songs too are a little bit, songs are a little bit more complex. There's like more production. He- very heavy and, and like gloomy. Gloomy, yeah, definitely gloomy. Cloudy would be kind of filled with dread and yeah. anxiety, but um, like still funny. It's like a almost like a, a comedic vampire. She's like a funny van, like if a vampire was an artist. That's would... that's how I look. Like <laughs> she takes on these really heavy subjects like death, grief, trauma, depression, like self destruction, and then she treats them like with kid gloves and like a fun kind of way. Yeah. Like with uh, she's real witty as well. Yes, real matter of fact. Real sardonic, um, and then she's got like these oddly specific lyrics that kind of put you there. I don't know. Um, yeah, you can you can like I always picture her just like walking like down to a foggy lake, you know, like just the moon, like just kind of just walking through the tall grass, just like glooming, just depressing, <laughs> you know, swampy. Just she just yeah she creates that atmosphere, but then like. In the middle of all that, there's usually something kind of beautiful, you know? Uh, yeah. The way, I guess the best way I could put it is, like, in, I'm not 
a religious person. I don't, no, me I don't identify as a Christian, but I do like going to midnight mass on Christmas Eve. No, the, just for know, one reason, yeah. for yeah. Silent Night. Okay. For love, some reason, when like everybody's singing Silent Night, and it's candlelit, it's dark except for candles, and everybody's kind of singing that in unison, and you get kind of like the, the tingly feeling or whatever, like I, the hair on your arms stands up. Like at times, she her her music makes me feel the same way. That mm-hmm. it's like almost beautiful and eerie at the same time. Yeah, like I feel that way when you you like you use the perfect description. Mine is uh, on eagle's wings. Like yeah, that song like injects me with this weird like because from being a kid grown up catholic yeah every funeral you went to every memorial service every like and like you knew it as a little kid like what the hell that was about right you know you're like shit you know so then you like own it and embrace it and now like it's that song to me always just takes me back down to the level like like we none of us are getting out of here and like, <laughs> you hope that we do rise up somewhere if, if you believe in that kind of stuff i don't believe in anything so yeah i am i guess like i try to be christian-like in my human approach with most people you know i'm not perfect but i don't do it to get anywhere but like i hope like i was good enough that if there is and now, now i sound like a complete hypocrite if there is something there like <laughs> one in <laughs> yeah well i mean like i hope i'll be considered i if, if you gotta pull the lever whatever i'll have fun down there i don't care yeah i didn't mean right. to like turn this into a conversation about religion or whatever Sorry. i was just trying just, to like that's just where it's going i'm going trying, I'm to, trying to be too heavy tonight to then. capture the feeling that comes closest to yeah. listening to her and it's it's that uh it is you know midnight mass silent night you know, it, it's or like after beautiful something traumatic and has happened to you and you're like finally by yourself for the first time, like after the death of a relative or something yeah. like it, it's that like, like a uh, extreme silence or something. Yeah. Like, like uh, you don't like it at the time, but like you need it. So like when you reflect on it, yeah, you're like, that sucked at the time, but like, that's exactly what I needed at the time to like get my shit and give me a little bit of humor. Like she just lets you have a little bit of fun. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like she allows what, you to it's like, like a coping mechanism too. Yeah. Like, she uses that's hum- how I cope, so I, that's why I like using her. the humor, the humor to kind of take the edge off the situation. Um, but yeah, a lot of sadness, uh, a lot of I guess like ennui, you could say. Um, real honesty and vulnerability, I think, um, with her. Like, yeah, I um, think that is her strength because the one thing that I do have is like I feel like musically mm-hmm. sometimes it isn't the greatest. Um, but she can like overcome those moments with what she's saying in her voice. Like the yeah. only negative I would have to say about Phoebe Bridgers besides the poser move of fake smashing a guitar. That yeah, I have a, a note to make sure we talk about that. So like that really <laughs> pissed me off. Like, but whatever, she's talented. I still like her music. I'm not going to hate on her because she like was a total poser and tried to create a rock and roll moment. Like, <laughs> Try to manufacture yeah. one. Yeah, it was very Bush League. But she needs to learn how to finish a song, like musically. <laughs> like that's Really? Like, yeah, I feel like the finishes are weak. Uh, um, but I think they're meant to be I like think that. The like they want to you to album, focus on. I know the end. No, I do. She nails that, that. Yeah, she does. But there's time. Not all the time. But there's times throughout here where I'm like, maybe it's my own fault because I built it up like yeah a certain way, and then I'm like, and I'm trying to think like how she finishes songs. Like, I think like, like the, the weakest kinda, thing to do is just to kind of fade that's out. Kinda, well, yeah, but or like the I don't know, man. Maybe it was just like the mood I was in. I just felt like that was the only thing that kept bothering me on multiple listens because I had listened kept to it noticing when it came out. the the. The close of yeah, the but I think because I was listening to it from front and back, and like there was one night where I had to go pick my kids up, so I listened to like almost the whole thing by myself in the car, and it was like nighttime, and like mm-hmm. I think I was just like in it, 
Mm-hmm. You know, and then there was a couple times where I was like, oh, I kind of... So maybe it was just me. I don't know. See what mm-hmm. you notice next time. I hope I don't ruin now it. Now that you pointed it out, I'm going to have to yeah, just go on back a few and songs, listen like, to it through that lens. What? That was the end of it? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, maybe it was just me, man. Um, Her biggest influence is Elliot Smith. And, Who I love, yeah. Um, and then, Very know, obvious, too. It is obvious, and she... There's a song she where she... To, yeah. There's a song about kind of stalking Elliot Smith yeah. like her um, well, she's talking about even though she wasn't like she was a young girl when yeah you know he killed himself and all yeah that sort that. of imagining what um, it would be like yeah. to, to meet him and talk to him because that's you know her hero um she had a, she's got a couple albums this Punisher album is only her second full-length album mm-hmm. the one before that is um uh, Stranger in the Alps <laughs> which another time I don't know if she did that on purpose to the to the Lebowski like instead of this is what happens when you Blank a stranger in the blank, Larry. Yeah. In the in the edited version on TV, it's this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Oh really? Yeah, that's what they say. I'm like, this is what happened, Larry. This is what happened. Dude, that makes when me like find a stranger in the Alps. So like that album, like I was stranger, laughing. Stranger, that makes but, me like love her any even more. If that's, that's the oh, if dude, that's that's, that's hilarious. Look that up, but Have I you, like that album better than this one. That's a great album. That song, Funeral. Oh, yes. My God, uh, talking about. Sing it the next day, going to sing at a funeral for a kid her age that's yes. died. Dude, that's a yeah, it's and a like, heavy song. And and the other thing about her is like I I hope she some t- someday does like a duet or a backing vocals for somebody big or whatever because nothing against her, she can hold her own. I'm not saying that, but that album of Conor O'Burst was fantastic. The Better Oblivion Community Center. Yes, and yeah. I wish she would do more where she was like the backup voice or she duetted or. Nothing she against her, but... She does a ton of collaboration. She, she she's, does. I, I, I need to dig into a lot of them. Uh, she's in this band called Boy Genius with that, uh, right? Julian Baker and but Lucy Dacus. But they've been on for a while, right? What's that? They've been like not making albums for four or five years, haven't they? I think they only put out one album, and it's a okay. uh, limited number of songs on it. But there's this song, Souvenir, on there that's like one of my all-time favorite songs. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's... Um, yeah, it's it's split split pretty equally between the three of them. Um, I love that. They all get stuff. a they all get a part, and uh, yeah, that Better Oblivion Community Setting Center album is it was great. Really good. Like from the first listen, I was like, yeah. it was a good balance because like, I can get tired quick with a little too much of her and a little too much of him. So like that's what I loved. How I'm like breaks it up. Holy cow! It was it was amazing. Yeah. It actually made me appreciate him and her more. I my my um. Well, John, who you know, yeah, he is a huge Bright Eyes fan, so he like loves Conor Ober. So he was the one responsible for like, I, I was rejecting at first, really. Know, but he, I stayed with it, I stayed with it, I stayed with it, and then this kind of sent me backwards. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, man, I, I, I don't, I don't get him to the degree that he gets him. I wish that I did because I love when we make those musical connections. I, 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 but I do. I, do I really should talk like, to John. I really like Conor. You need Oberst, to. Next time uh, we're all hanging out, dude. You need to. Yeah, he. L- I mean, that, he will uh, talk your ear off. That Ruminations album is one of my favorites, and it's just he loves it's him. He's him. seen him like seven times, I think. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I should definitely connect with him on that. It's um, that Ruminations album is fantastic front to back, and it's just like him, an acoustic guitar, piano, and a harmonica, and that's Ooh, it. That's a and recipe for success. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, but yeah, she kind of, uh, and, and Connor Oberst was like a hero of hers, right? Because he's like our yes, age, right? Yes, and so right. she was growing up. She looked up to him, um, you know, as folk singer. And uh, now she gets to work with him. She's worked with like Matt Berninger, which I mentioned. She's um, She's gotten to collaborate with a lot of people that um, influenced her. And, I, you know, I think she she will go on to surpass maybe 
some of some of her heroes. I mean, kind of like yeah, a, kind a of kill your master type of thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where where her career takes her. Yeah. I think there's a lot of different things in store for Phoebe Bridgers. Like, I think this formula, like, it's kind of getting stale. You need to, like, throw some something on it. Just a little something. I think so. Just a little something to progress, I think. and But I think you can hear it with each album. She does it very slow, which is probably smart, because she'll get out seven, eight albums before you see the genius of what she was going for. Right. You know? To where um, Courtney Barnett, I mean, I think she's... I love her, but, like, she's got her... Like if it, I guess I should word it this way: if if one of these artists is going to change more, I think it would be Phoebe Bridgers. I think Phoebe Bridgers already is doing more experimenting in okay. her her music. Um, I think I think there's a lot of experimentation. I'm excited on, to hear this, the next album. I think it's going to be pretty cool. I think I I love this Punisher album. Yeah, I, think I didn't like it is, as as much as the first though. Um. Stranger in the Alps. Yeah, I, it's been a while since I've gone back and you should do and look to it or uh, listen to it rather. Um, I feel like she tries a little too hard on. on so Punisher speaking of trying too hard, yeah. we'll address the guitar thing on SNL. <laughs> so she went on Saturday Night Live, right, and I guess uh, wanted to smash guitar like you know Kurt Cobain. Dude, and would they had do. special effects. Like they had special well, effects. And it was yeah, it was this very it was special It was effects. this very <laughs> contrived thing, right? Where like when when Kurt Cobain would do something like that, it was completely impulsive. Like you know, just It's like Ben Folds. I mean then he turned into where he did it all the time where he hatchet his piano and light it on fire, like Hendrix smashing like But like so she she has this plan to smash the guitar yeah, on SNL. she's called and asked permission to the guitar maker. The Correct. Guitar and they told what well, they tell her. They told her it was it's it was really heavy. You're gonna, you're gonna have a hard time breaking it. So then, did she attach some explosives to it? No, they had like explosive in the amp, like because she because Saturday Night Live was on, and they tried to create this moment that was like anti rock and roll. It was yeah. It still gives me douche chills just just talking. It about was it. totally fabricated. <laughs> totally. I mean. Like, even if you're yeah. a big fan, you even got to just be like, that was bad, right? Yeah, I was kind of embarrassed for her, um, but... But she makes fun of herself, too, so she'll, whatever. She'll and we've all done yeah, we're all stupid idiots. shit. Are you kidding me? We've I all done, do just not shit. necessarily in such public not on ways. <laughs> but could you imagine if they let me on television? My God, it and would it, be horrible. And I kind of appreciated the sentiment, but, like, the execution and the, kind of, the contrived nature of the whole thing was just... Yeah, it was pretty... Fun. Like, I would have been all right if, like, I knew... Like, she knew she was going to try to smash a guitar. Like, I'd let that one slide, because, like, who doesn't? Yeah. But then when, they, like, the SNL was in on the guitar maker was in on they had yeah. pyrotechnics and I'm like, God damn it. Like, yeah. what are you doing? I will forgive her, only because I love her. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's all right, man. Um, This album, I don't know, like, a lot of it... Uh, Really comforting and really eerie at the same time, like uh, Silent Night. Well, when you got uh, comfortable, it felt eerie. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, A lot of songs have like a dream logic to it. Mm -hmm. Kind of feels like you're, like if Courtney Barnett is like a stream of consciousness. Like uh, this is very. A lot of it's very dream dream like dream logic. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. I would I would agree with that. That's actually a very good description of her music. Yeah. Dream like. Um, I think I don't know if you picked up on this, but. I think the album is really well bookended. Like, I think yes, no, the, I will agree with that. The first album or the first song is DVD Menu, mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of a, a well, cool, like an intro type song. Not really. It's an instrumental, song, like yeah. like twenty or thirty seconds. It's like when you yeah. put a DVD in and get to the DVD yeah, menu and you'd, and you'd hear the song right, and, and it would loop yes. after twenty seconds. Yes. That's which was um, funny. 
and it kind of sets an eerie eerie tone for the whole album and with like some violin and stuff but then the same melody is in the the last song yes i know the end so it kind of that's true it like bookends the yes. whole no it does and like to me you got to listen to this all together like yeah really pick songs out yeah there's not really any song that stands on its own to me it's like a full experience there, i mean there are definitely songs i like more Better than, than others. others but i'm saying like as a uniform thing i feel like it's meant to be enjoyed yeah together together yeah, yeah. i'll go I'll, I'll agree with that um she seems to be uh you know somebody who's i guess like embraced her shadow self like she's not afraid to take a, a, a journey into the darker corners of her psyche she gets into some pretty pretty heavy shit yeah she's not afraid to tackle any issue whether it's about her or not um yeah, uh, or, you know, bad relationships, uh, not only with, like, uh, you know, with love interests or whatever, but, like, her, her dad or, a, you know, family members, stuff like that. Um, so, I don't know, what what songs kind of jumped out here for for you? Um, I, I, like, there was the one, is it Kyoto? Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah, like the third third song. I remember the name of that one and then I'm going to go back and try to like jog my my memory on here we go yeah Kyoto uh, Halloween yeah I like Chinese Satellite and the ICU one was like yeah trippy to me I see one yeah um and yeah I know the end I did let, like I know those the are end. like all the same favorites I, I like uh, Garden Song as well which is that I guess first full song it's track number two but after the instrumental there but yeah kyoto um that's good just a, kind of a song about two things i think being somewhere you don't want to be kind of wishing you were somewhere else right and also about uh her strained relationship with her her dad who seems like a pretty pretty troubled guy um i don't know like just some witty lyrics um uh, yeah a, like I, darkly wit it's like yeah dark wit like I'm gonna kill you if you don't beat me to it. Like you know, her dad is this self-destructive guy, right? Yes. Um, yes. And um, you know, she sings, "I wanted to see the world through your eyes until it happened." Um, I don't know. To me, that's just like uh, wanting to know what it must be like to be her dad, and then uh, well, and going how... going through similar experiences as him, and then maybe gaining some empathy or understanding. Yeah. And then, and, and, and then, then but being, then also, yeah, but then also, like, seeing, like, she's almost like, like, she's admitting fault, kind of, a little bit. Like, even though, like, it's his fault, but, like, the fact that, like, she, you know, it, it, it's just, it's very human. Yeah. Like, very human, like, when you get your head around what she's, what she's talking about, or what her flashes are, you know? Yeah. Sometimes she's very abstract too. Like it's not just straightforward all the time. No, you, it's, it's, it's not all straightforward. It's a gist, right? No. Um, there's that line. I don't. I don't forgive you, but please don't hold me to it. You know, I mean, yeah. I. You know, I'm not ready to uh, uh, make amends just yet. Right. But I'm. That doesn't mean I'm gonna feel this way forever. Right. Yeah. But she's um, being honest. Yeah. Um, Punisher is that song about uh, about Elliot Smith. Yes, that's right. That's where she's talking about seeing him in a bar and. Yeah, she's kind of like, um, I'm stalking the dead, right? Elliot Smith yeah. has been gone for a while now and kind of going by his... Was that 97 when he 
killed himself? It was in the late 90s, yeah. It was 97, 98 in there? Yeah, I think so. I watched that documentary, Sad Deal, dude. Heaven Adores You, and uh, what a talented guy, and what a but dude, sad what a story. Oh my God, that is... Yeah, Woo! there's still a little, I guess, controversy yeah. around that. Yeah, but he was, but he was I, troubled. I get it, right? He was I get troubled the controversy, dude. Jesus. To do it twice? Yeah. Like self-inflicted stab wound, stab wound twice to your chest? Well, they say there was no hesitation marks either. Dude, there's, there's a bunch yeah. of... That yeah. was just, a fadunk, oh, pull out, fadunk, and then just, I mean, that dude, that is like... Yeah. That is as hardcore as a suicide gets. Yeah, but there's also suspicious circumstances that, that, that around it yeah, as, so as you well. Don't, so you don't, so what, it, but it, it's sad. It adds to the tragedy. Yeah. And then when you listen to Elliot Smith and you start thinking about like, I mean, dude, that dude was like, would have ended up being a king. Yeah. Yeah. That what he would have progressed into would have been, but I don't think, I, I don't think we would have ever saw it because he was so damaged. That guy was so damaged. That yeah. And maybe that, that damage had like a lot no, to do with yeah, man, the, no the beauty back. of the music he was putting out too. Like those two things are not inseparable. Yeah. Um, R.I.P. So that's like, that's her, her big hero, right? Elliot Smith. And so she, this song in this song, she's kind of going to his former residence in LA and places where he hung out and kind of imagining what she'd say to him if she ever met him. Um, and there's this line, what if I told you, I feel like I know you, but we never met. Like I have people, I don't know about you, but people that you've never met, but you feel like I know, yeah. this, I know this person as if, yeah. you know, uh, maybe that's or like you, know, you instantly connect and you're just like yeah you know you hang out with him for one night like you may never see him again but you're like that was awesome like you're just yeah on the same level which is incredible or or people you look up to like mm-hmm. like a Nick Cave who you probably do mm-hmm. feel like I know this guy you know pretty pretty intimately it's 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 like yeah a, as an adult like I can put like entirely one sided relationship yeah, obviously right. but there's it's, an intimacy yeah. to it yeah it's 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 like look they don't know but like you know but like I. I there's tons of people like that though, like where you're like you need them, like I need them in my daily in my daily routine or my weekly routine or like they something they do speaks to you and I'm as an adult now I'm like I know that they you know whatever they don't care they're just they're creating art and like they just want you to do with whatever but that okay well that's what I'm doing right <laughs> so like the way that you create art is the way that my brain loves digesting stuff so keep doing that yeah so I, I detach the two Give you know even more. though I'm still fascinating by them fascinated by them but yeah you know um. You know, and she talks about kind of the, the troubled Elliot Smith. Uh, Hear so many stories of you at the bar, m- most times alone and sometimes at your worst, but never not sweet to the trust funds and punishers. So, like, anybody that came up to him, whether they were fans or, or not, he kind of treated everybody the same way. You know, he was good to his fans. Um, and she's maybe not necessarily that way. Like, there's, like, this admission that she's not always this kind. She says, man, I wish I could say the same. I swear I'm not angry. That's just my face. <laughs> so she's, yeah. she's well, saying, no, like, I, I got resting I, bitch face. And, like, dude, sometimes with that, people though. come up to me and I'm not ready to, like, or willing to deal with them. All the right? time. People that love me. And I don't want to be that way. But sometimes I, I just don't feel dude, like I can deal with it. No, all the time. Like, people will be like, what, what, what are you so mad about today? I'm like, what? I, I'm not mad. They're like, you just look angry all the time. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. Like, yeah. oh, fake smile. I'm like, that's just, I have a resting <laughs> dick face. You know? Like, <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, that's self-deprecation, right? Yes. I kind of like that. Yes. She pokes fun of herself. She's very self-aware. Um, and then there's a line that just kind of speaks to Elliot Smith's influence on her and it being just kind of so obvious. She says, 
a copycat killer with a chemical cut. Either I'm careless or I want to get caught. So like, um, it's so obvious or should be so obvious that he's a major influence yeah. on, on her. Yeah. Just in her recordings, just yeah, I mean, everything like that she if, does. Yeah. Just... If you pay attention, you should be able to figure out, uh, what this guy is kind of meant to me as an, you know, as an inspiration. Yep. So, which is um, cool. Cause like we need people to keep him, like keep his name out there and his memory alive. Cause he's dude, he's like one of the greatest dude. I mean, another one that John got me into, but you're just like, once you get in you're like, my God, like, and I can't go there a lot. Like, right. I mean, his stuff, like yeah. now knowing like the whole story and, and everything and some of the stuff you're just like, Oh, God, you're just dragging me right down. And then I just start listening to just depressing stuff for months, and it's just not good for anyone. <laughs> Vicious cycle. <laughs> <laughs> so you liked uh, Chinese Satellite? I did, yes. That's a good song. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I think that one's about like being an atheist, even though you really want to believe, you just can't bring yourself to it. Yeah, or just like not letting yourself get involved with that stuff. Maybe not not believing, but just like, yeah, my God, I can't let my brain have that too. Like just... Leave it alone. Don't try to figure it out. But yeah. That's how I am, so that's how I read that. Maybe it's not. Like how. accept the mystery almost type thing? Yeah, I just, just like, I don't not believe. I don't believe. Like, I just like, anything's possible. So, like, that's what I get out of her. Like, yeah, like, who doesn't want to believe in God, right? Like, yeah. if you just let yourself go, that's the most logical thing, just because you want to have something to think that you're going to, something's going to happen to us when we're gone. But like, if it doesn't, whatever. I'm like, <laughs> either way. Yeah. I don't I don't really have a feeling either way. Like I used to like say, Oh, I'm an atheist, but I'd had to separate organized religion from God, right? So then I'm like, Well, that's possible. Like there could be a creator. I don't know what happened. Who knows? Like and then I'm just like, I'm not gonna waste any more time. <laughs> like whatever. Like if people want to talk about it, I'll talk about it. but like during throughout the day, I'm never like, Oh my god, I don't ever think of God. Yeah. So then I'm like, Oh, well, am I an atheist? I'm like, No, you're just you you've trained your brain to not let that not go there affect your who you are or the like I don't want to ever do anything for God like I just want to do it for myself and like if God happens to like that if there's a God well good for him like I'm like you know like or her or her it might be yeah, a, or or it Alanis Morissette you yes. ever see Dogma yes yes <laughs> I love Dogma it's a great movie <laughs> George Carlin <laughs> yep yep um you liked ICU you said as well yes I liked ICU yeah that's uh that's a good song. I just, uh, that sort of like emotional detachment. I've been playing dead my whole life, uh, and I get this feeling whenever I feel good, it'll be the last time. I, dude, like, depending on, on how dark I go, I, I, I like, I, there was a part of me that was like, I get it. <laughs> like, yeah. Especially like, this might be my last like, glimpse of euphoria. Like, yeah, man. Like, I, I, it's just, crazy like at our age you just start thinking like my god and then so then i like appreciate everything more like especially music it's like there's gonna be one day where that stops like that sucks <laughs> you know like, god i uh, hope that doesn't go away i have a feeling i don't dude i hope i just turn into music like i'm just the, the music that comes out of an electric guitar or something like constantly over and over just i don't know but yeah that's gonna suck dude there's gonna be one day where we don't get to hear music anymore but i guess we won't know right so it doesn't matter i don't know what are you saying? Because we won't be able to hear? Well, we'll be or... dead, man. Oh, like okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't make me right. deaf, bro. Let me have that till I'm dead. Where you're you're... I didn't know where you were going, man. <laughs> um... <laughs> See, we're talking about Phoebe Bridgers, so I'm just getting gloomy. Just gloomier and gloomier. Yeah, it's just making you gloomy, but yeah. Uh, by osmosis. Um, there's this line just 
real caustic and hilarious at the same time. I hate your mom. I hate it when she opens her mouth. It's amazing how much you can say when you don't know what you're talking about. That's that's great. <laughs> I'm just going to plead the fifth on making any comments about that, but yes, it is great. Yeah. We all know that. No, and I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. I'm just I saying am. I know the I know the feeling <laughs> like uh um yeah, great song. Uh Graceland 2. That's that's probably my second favorite on the album. Uh uh, it's like that a bluegrass song. There's uh, some oh, yeah, fiddle okay. and banjo, yes, yes, and yes, yes. Uh, I that's think a nice she's song. so. There's there's some uh, harmonizing in that song. I think uh, that's her her two bandmates from Boy Genius. Okay, um, so they did the backing on that. That's a really pretty, that pretty is a good song. song. Um, yeah, and then there's the line. So we spent what's left of our serotonin to chew on our cheeks and stare at the moon. So that's a ecstasy reference, I believe. Yes. Um, well, yes. But, uh, yeah, just, like, these oddly specific things, talking about eating a, a sleeve of saltines on yeah. the floor. Yeah, You know, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. She, she conveys, like, these universal feelings and sometimes uses very specific examples. Right, so you're and it makes it more real. Yeah, it makes it, it more makes real. It's it, like, yeah. I know what she's, the feeling well, she's evoking. Like, and Yeah, it's just like Courtney Barnett looking out the window and, like, Phoebe Bridgers does the same thing. You, yeah. It, it's, they're different moods, but they're very similar in painting a picture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um... And then the last song, uh, I Know the End. This is kind of an anthem, I think. And it's got that same sort of dream logic just right out of the gate. It kind of feels like it exists outside of space and time. Um, she, there's the line, somewhere in Germany, but I can't place it. Man, I hate this part of Texas. So, I mean, to me, that's like like life on the road. Everything kind of, all the days blur together. Yeah, kinda... you don't know where you're at. You don't really, you're just yeah. going out there and doing your thing every night and like, just by probably by mid tour, you're like, God, is this thing gonna be over? Like, yeah, gotta... and it feels like past, present, and future all kind of happen at the same yes. same time, yes. right? And, and it's, it's that's, that's how a dream feels job, like. Though, a dream right? feels like that too. Right, but that's when it becomes a job. That's probably their least favorite thing to do. They um, probably love like the first dozen shows, and then they're like, then it's just like a job. Well, I th- yeah, I think with her, like she admits like it it can suck, right? But at the same time, like this is the path that she's chosen. Like this is what she wants to do. It's just. It's like being a pro wrestler, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less steroids, presumably, yeah. and um, yeah, in that song. All right, you might kill me for this one. I'm gonna say it though. Like, so you know how like Jubilee Street we talked last week that Nick Cave song Jubilee Street kind of shifts gears and it's like becomes a different song or, or starts yeah. to take off and soar. I think this one does the same thing. Kind of picks up the pace. Yeah, no, it, um, it transitions. It makes a definite. And then transition. it's got the, like a, a vibe to me, and maybe it's just because it was uh, uh, front of mind, right? Having just done the Nick Cave uh, deep dive, but it also once it makes that shift halfway through and starts taking off, it also reminds me of Higgs Boson Blues because it kind of turns into this like apocalyptic road trip, well, like she, through the Midwest. Yes, she she like when I listen to that album, I'm like, man, Nick Cave and Warren Ellis could like really produce the shit out of her. Like that's what that's like what I always think. I'm like that's what she's missing. Like yeah. She's missing like Nick Cave and Warren Ellis to produce for her. Like, yeah. Go. Produce. A lot of the same themes though. Like talking about like in this song, kind of like on a quest for meaning, uh, talking about the absurdity of the 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 world, and she's on a road trip in the middle of the country, um, and uh, you know describing kind of what's passing her by on the side of the road, you know, talking about listening to an American first rap country song, mm-hmm. because of course that's probably really a thing. There probably well, yeah, is like an America first. Lil, what's his name? The, the, the rap, the 
hip hop rap guy that's real big. Oh, I don't know. Come on, man. He's like the gay dude. He's like uh Oh. Little, I don't know, know if that's an American first America first rap country song. I know you Little Nas X. Little Nas X, but I'm yeah. saying like that's probably super popular when she was touring. Oh, okay. And so like listening to that on the bus, I'm just saying like that may be right. like that may have inspired Right. That, that was that huge line. for yeah. like six eight months oh that, that's all my kids were listening to yeah, for at least six months it's so, crazy yeah, yeah it was a um, huge song it was like mc hammer level huge yeah it was it was way big um but just kind of describing driving past a slaughterhouse and an outlet mall slot machines fear of god to me that is like everything about, she's seeing along the yeah but tour. like it's me hopping on i-70 yeah. and driving east like headed towards st louis making that like, turn going up, up to iowa up to wisconsin up to there there's you know yeah it's, you it, it, the, it feels like uh an apocalyptic drive through the middle of the country yeah <laughs> like um and then kind of at the end there the percussion picks up and then there's some horns that come in some cymbal crashes and then she's, you know, chanting, the end is near, just wailing like a crazy woman. And, and that, you got to admit, she sticks the landing in that song. Oh, no, no, like, I agree. I, to, I, to, I she, totally agree. That one all comes together. And like together. I said, I'm saying there's just like three or four songs, the end, where I'm just... But like I said, it may have just been me. Yeah. I'm curious when you go back through to see if you feel the same. Uh, Probably might have messed it up for me. me. <laughs> I've just ruined this whole album. And it's like, why can't she end songs? No, I'm just kidding. I was watching some... It was some music documentary, and they were talking about, like the the laziest way to end a song is just to kind of fade out so i'm hoping it's not not that like she just kind of no okay but is it like no and i'm i'm with you too the 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 fade out but like sometimes the fade out's all you can do yeah like they just you know Mm. especially when it gets kind of quiet they do the the real quiet and then it just kind of like i'd I'd rather have them do that i don't like where it's like they like sing and then it just is like a slow hard fade i like it when it you know i want to hear yeah. Just the stair stepping down, and then it's done. Right, yeah. right. Kind of a gradual. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. Anyway, do you vouch for this album? I know. I do vouch. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I still like her first album better. Yeah. Um. But I spent a lot more time with that first album, so I just need to spend some more time with Punisher. This and is. I, I, I've uh, listened to it about. I listened to it probably ten times. Okay. For this, I'd say. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah that's pretty good. Um. Yeah. I. This is my favorite album of hers. I. Uh, hard vouch for me no that's fine I, uh, that's perfect yeah. i really like this album um and i'm excited about what what uh, else is uh, on the horizon for her and for I, courtney I agree, barnett yeah. they got long careers ahead of themselves yeah it'll be and, fun uh, yeah and they're just young enough that to us where we'll be able to enjoy them they'll still be relevant to us when we're old oh yeah because they'll still kind of be old really when it well, like when we're 60 and they're like hitting fit pushing 50 you know right whatever it's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they'll still uh, be making music we like so we uh, we talked about doing something uh, a little different since this is kind of a holiday episode, year end episode. Yeah, kind of our year end secret sources of sustenance. Uh, yeah. So we did twelve, right? We got twelve in, didn't we? Uh, I think so. Eleven, yeah. eleven or twelve. Um, so I always say like the best gifts are experiences. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you, but like I don't want stuff so much. I want not anymore. I used to not trips, anymore. concert tickets, you know, vacations, like, stuff like, like that. Small things that a funny coffee mug or like something that is, you know what I mean? Just like, right. That fits you. That was thoughtful. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Or nothing at all. <laughs> um, sometimes I think the best gifts are recommendations that lead to experiences. So oh, 100%. Like, um, and that's kind of what this show is all about, right? Is just kind of t- turning people on to the musicians, films and books that, uh, 
to get us off that uh, you know maybe folks wouldn't have otherwise uh, heard about. So we thought we would uh, end this first season of Secret Sources of Sustenance uh, by handing out some gifts, I guess, in the form of some to recommendations, yeah. some things that we that really resonated with out. us this year. Uh, did you focus on things that came out in 2021? Yeah, I only have things that came out in 2021. Um, which that we didn't set any rules, but that's kind of how I. Yeah, I did the same. Cause same God, thing. if you don't, if I didn't narrow it down, I, there'd be a hundred things I could. Yeah, try oh, to. same here. And that's not to say we won't maybe do a full show on no, some of this stuff. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, but these are some of the things that we would recommend. Uh, that that kind of uh, came out this year. Did you want to go first? And how do you want to do this? Do you want to do like how many do you have? I have I did five. five. Okay. Yeah, I did five. And you we can kind of just like take turns. Some of them are just quick. Yeah, you know, try to keep it brief. But if there's something you want to expand upon, we 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 can do that. Whatever. We'll just let it go where it goes, right? Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna start with the 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 single from the the rap supergroup Mount Westmore, Big Subwoofer. And, Love uh, it. Yeah. Already vouched. I don't know if anybody uh you know out there doesn't know, but Mount Westmore is a West Coast gangster rap supergroup that is comprised of Ice Cube, Snoop Dogg, uh, Too Short, and E40, and it is uh, everything you would expect it to be. Just yeah, man. Like I love like my favorite thing is like seeing E40 hang because he's like one of the best rap, like one of my favorite rappers and one of the most underrated rappers. And yeah. to see him like, uh, to me, he was the best out of all of them. You know the verses that he had and like what he did, and then but like just to see those dudes have fun. Oh yeah. And to hear and our those dudes our, are what in their fifties, early fifties, yeah, probably. And so like we're here in our teenage years, like the best of our grade school <laughs> and teenage years form a rap supergroup. I mean, if you would have told me at like fifteen, like hey someday, Ice Cube, Too Short, Snoop Dogg, and E Forty are gonna form a group, I would have been like, what? Yeah. You know, it was fantastic. Yeah. I'm it's... looking forward to the whole album, but apparently it's like Snoop Dogg presents. And then most of the album's gonna be Mount Westmore, and then there's gonna there, he's gonna introduce like a couple other rappers, I guess. Really? Whatever. I wonder how many Mount uh, Westmore songs there will be. I heard they total. had like ten or twelve. Okay. Um, it's been delayed though, right? Like. Yeah, it was supposed to be April, or it was supposed to be yeah, wasn't it supposed to be like April of last year? Or is that way too soon? Uh, I don't know. This single's been out for a long time. Like we were listening to it over the summertime, I think, or fall. I think so. Yeah, I think it was supposed to already uh, come out by now, but whatever. It's supposed to come out, I think, in April. Sounds good on a JBL party box. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it thumps. Right next to the Ishi <laughs> remix. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right, you go. Uh, my five. My number five is the album Carnage by Nick Cave and Warren Ellis. Um, I mean, it, it, to me, it speaks for itself. I did some highlights. I, I think Hand of God, Carnage, White Elephant, and Balcony Man. And White Elephant I sent to you. I don't know if you listened to that, but that's one of my favorite cave songs. I just started listening to the whole Carnage okay. album. and it's, it's very, very good. It's growing on me. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a grower. It's, uh, kind of at the, 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 the same, similar experience to, you know, um, the Ghost last Teen. three. Ghost Teen, or yeah. especially Ghost Teen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you'll, um, it'll, it'll, you'll find it. It's yeah. good. It's good stuff. That, but that 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 white elephant. If you don't listen to the whole album, listen to White Elephant. Yeah. It's very very good, and it kind of sums up the the, the recent past. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, and these are in no particular order. I don't know if yours are in order or not. But the second one I'll throw out there is that Velvet doc, uh, Underground documentary, just called the uh, the Velvet Underground, by Jim Jarmusch uh, on Apple TV Plus. Um, really good stuff. It, it's a I don't know how to explain it, but the documentary makes you feel the same way the band makes you feel. Like it evokes the same mood okay. as you get from One of my listening to the. For that too. Yeah. Have you have you seen that or do you have? Apple no, TV I have not. Okay. I need to get that. I need to get. I think I get a free thing through 
T-Mobile. I need to just sign up for yeah, it. Yeah, it's free for like, well, if you've gotten a new iPhone, like any time in the recent past, it's free for Well, I'm going to get a new one. My wife and I both need phones, so I think over the break I'm going to get, so hopefully I'll get that and I can get those knocked out. Yeah. And just, uh. Because the Beatles one's on that too, right? No, that's a Disney Plus thing, believe it or not. Oh, I have that then. Okay, which cool. Which is crazy because, uh, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, booze, I think, you know, um, Paul smoking some blunts, uh, foul language. So for Disney Plus, I was pretty impressed that they let him do that. Yeah. I guess uh, um, the uh, director just kind of put they're up gonna, a fight. He said, you're not going to censor this. Like, Yeah, but they're going to have to start doing that if they want to grow Disney Plus. Like, no, absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, all right, you want to go? Yeah, so my number four is uh, the Neil Young Carnegie Hall 1970 release. It was an archive release from earlier this year. So 23 songs taken from the first two sets that Neil Young played at, at uh, that iconic Manhattan venue on um, December 4th of 70. And I, I just, all I can tell you is I, I don't, I can't believe that this thing was like, you know, covered with dust for 50 years. Just like, sitting why, there. Why they, I mean, it's, it's just they, him. Like, remaster it and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Like the fact that this was never released or they, but he just said, Oh, I found it. And they, like, you know, he's going through and, I mean, he's releasing stuff like a madman, new stuff, old new stuff, just like crazy stuff that he's getting yeah. out of all of his vaults and like I think the it's pandemic. Like a, a legacy thing for him. Like, yeah, well, he started this archive and then he has like the Neil Young archives, which I belong to. You, there's like three levels of it now, but like for twenty bucks a year, you can have all of his music yeah. and then select videos and stuff, and then you can step up and get every. You know, he has like tiers now. Um, but so the Neil Young archives is what he named the website, and that's what he's been releasing archival stuff under for the better part of 10 years but okay. he really ramped it up the last few okay so that got released earlier this year and it's it's if you're a neil young fan and you haven't listened to the carnegie hall 1970 yet it's i think there's 23 songs it's a double album it's fantastic wow so just him just all acoustic piano and guitar and cool really good stuff um i have uh next one is uh Album Serpentine Prison by uh, Matt Berninger, his uh, that was 2020 solo, though, solo right? No, it was twenty twenty. Was it twenty twenty one? Yeah, I, I double checked. Okay, it was fantastic. The very beginning of twenty twenty one. Okay, but that's it was, why it just yeah. seems like forever um, ago. Yeah, and uh, mentioned that Velvet Underground documentary. He, he does European Sun and Velvet Underground song on that album, and I like that version better than the original version. But that album's pretty good. Uh, not really good. Not pretty good. Really good front to back. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know if he's ever going to get to tour on, but wouldn't mind checking it out. No, because it sounds like the Nationals getting back, back together. together. Um, but no, that which album, is fine too. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> yeah, like you and I've talked, like the limited time, right? We got a couple more albums out of those dudes before I think Probably. they shut it down because they're in their fifties now. And, well, and they all got a bunch of side projects. Too. Yeah, yeah, Big Red we'll, Machine. We'll, and... Yeah, we'll have like tons of cool stuff by the components of the National, but yeah, but no, the, Fantastic album, man. That's a great album. I, I didn't realize that that was 2021, but yeah, hats yeah. off to Matt for that album because he, it's like his awesome baritone voice, but he covers and it's just, it's fantastic. And Booker T mm-hmm. from Booker T and the MGs produces it. And you there's know, a cool I, story behind it where like Booker T uh, was a big influence on his, his dad or there's some kind of connection there yeah, with his dad. Yeah, well, and, and, and he's worked with Matt before on a few songs for one of his compilation albums. Yeah. There's a, there's a, I can't believe like, Crazy in Memphis or something Memphis. It's a, it's a fantastic. I'm gonna I'll, while you're talking, I'm gonna look that up to tell well, you. Well, it's actually you your listen. your turn. No, it is. Yeah. I need to. I'll, I'll look that up here in a minute. Um. Here we go. It's uh. 
Well, him and Phoebe Bridgers walking on a string. That's a great one. Yeah, that was from that uh, Between the Two Ferns movie, that Zach Galifianakis yes. movie. They actually made an appearance in the movie singing that song as well. Uh, so it was Booker T. Jones, The Road from Memphis, and the song is called Representing Memphis. And, and Matt and Ranger sings yeah, on that song? Yeah, it's fantastic. Okay. Or, it's, yeah, cool. he sings the I'll song. I'll check that. Fantastic. I did not know. Okay, so my number three is going to be the film Pig, which is the Nicolas Cage film that came came out, I think, in September. Yeah, um, wonderful film. Fantastic. Like, just, look, if you're in the mood for a very, like, emotional, heavy, lessons learned life movie, like, dude, Cage knocks it out of the park, and, and Alex Wolf, his co-star, mm-hmm. everybody does a fantastic job in the movie, but Cage and Wolf, the play off of each other was, it yeah. was, it was fun. Yeah, really fun. Cage, Cage just did that. He took a first-time director's movie, knocked it out of the park, and said, I'm back. And since then, he's got the unbearable weight of massive talent coming out. That's at a major studio. And then MGM just announced his first studio film in 11 years. Wow. Uh, it's a, MGM's doing these modern-day monster movies. So yeah, he's going to play Ren- Dracula, right? Yeah, so he's playing Dracula <laughs> and Renfield, which is Dracula's bumbling sidekick. Yeah. But it's modern-day, and Renfield's in like a mental institution. So, I mean, I mean, so I think... He's yeah. showing people. He's still got the goods. Here I am. I, I would. I, I would. I would be shocked if he doesn't win an Oscar in the next few years. And then I think you'll see him take some of these. He's gonna take these human interest roles as he gets older. And I think knock him out of the park because when you get into your sixties, you know what I mean. Yeah. You can only do so much. So I think he's preparing everyone for that, and he's gonna be one of those late Renaissance, in terms of the box office, and he's just gonna knock it out of the park the older he gets. I we'll hope see, so. though. I, hope I, so. I do too. Um. Yeah, Pig was that was wonderful, and that for um, first time feature film that that director I can't I don't remember who it was, I can't but remember that. I'm sorry, that's horrible. Beautifully uh, shot film, very well put together. Um, yeah, I'm I'm sure we'll cover that here at some point. Maybe do a whole episode out of it. I it's think it's worthy you could. of a whole episode. Yeah, I think so too. All right, my number four is a TV show. Um, but you're number three, right? No, well, I'm going. Three. It's the fourth one I've mentioned. I got one more after this. Oh. So I okay, wasn't. I'm going five, four, three, two. So I got two more. I, I wasn't numbering them Sorry. the same way. Sorry. Um, <laughs> You're like Jesus, Bob. Keep up. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, there's this TV show that is wrapping up. Um, well, starting to wrap up right now. It's called The Expanse. Right. It's on uh, Amazon Prime Video. It actually started off as a sci-fi show which is probably why I never heard of it or never had any interest because I have seen some shit on sci-fi. I think sci-fi is, is the network that brought us like the Sharknado mm-hmm. movies, right? Yeah, and when they went to when they went to SYFY, yeah. I didn't like yeah. I used to love sci-fi as a kid. It was a nerdy thing to do, but I loved it, you know, the thing was on there and yeah. all kinds of cool stuff and then it was just like all the old Star Trek, you know, I like sci-fi. But then when they went to the SCYFY, it kind of lost me. Yeah, and it was all these like B movies or C movies, yeah, just, just horrible. I don't know what it is. Yeah, just um, originals that were awful. But this show started on Sci-Fi, and it was on Sci-Fi for a couple years, two or three years, and it started getting this cult fo- following, right? And I started hearing about it through these uh, guys, this podcast I listened to. These guys called uh, the Bald Move Podcast. The cover. A ton of uh, TV shows and movies, and we have very similar tastes. And nine times out of ten, like the shows that I'm into, they're doing a podcast for it. And uh, they were covering this show and just kind of ranting and raving about it. And I was like, well, 
these guys have credibility with me, so I will I will yeah, start checking this out, even though it's on Sci-Fi or whatever. And uh, went back and watched it from the beginning, and it's awesome. It's it's a hard science fiction show. My wife has gotten into it even, um, but um, it takes place you know hundreds of years in the future, I guess, like most Sci-Fi does. And there's like these three factions of people: the Earthers, the people that still live on Earth. Earth is uh, in a pretty bad shape, right? Uh, um, the uh, you know environment's a mess, and it's and all the brightest and best human beings have left Earth to colonize Mars. Like the smartest amongst us have left and gone to Mars. So Mars has got like way better technology, way smarter people, way. But uh, I already like the Earth. <laughs> I'm already a Team Earth. Like, well, there's this. another <laughs> faction that you like even more than Earth, just knowing knowing you. There's another group called the Belters, which they uh, they live on these like uh, space stations, like in, uh, in different asteroids and asteroid belts. They're called, they're called the Belters, and uh, they've lived there for generations. So they've never had experienced uh, Earth's gravity, so they have like an extreme form of like osteoporosis, a so really brittle and weak and elongated, and um, there's like a kind do of they a, do a good job with making them look that way, like making them look real. They do, okay. yeah, they do. It's this is it's really grounded. It's like hard sci-fi. Um, and then then like you have the the protagonists are like this ragtag uh, bunch of misfits, right? And they're kind of made up of people from each group. There's two. Two, well, this sounds interesting. Two Earthers, two Martians, and then uh, one Belter. I like all, that. that. All on the same fun. team. Okay, that sounds fun. Um, <laughs> and they're they're going off on all these different adventures, and they're basically trying to keep, like, Earth and Mars is basically on the brink of war, and they're trying to kind of to keep shit from escalating. And okay. then thrown into the middle of this is this, that they call it the protomolecule, <laughs> right? Which is this, like, I guess, infectious substance of alien origin that uh that transforms whatever it it touches and so it's like what is this stuff what is the purpose of this stuff where did it come from what are the origins of this protomolecule and this all sounds super nerdy sounds super nerdy but i'm telling you it's the characters make it this group of people that they have and the interplay between them so does sci-fi like can i watch this on like paramount plus so go to amazon prime video okay and they have Amazon Prime uh, uh, bought the show after okay, Sci-Fi so you can couldn't watch all of it on Amazon. Correct. Sci-Fi couldn't afford it anymore, and after like season two or three, it moved to Amazon. Amazon pumped some seasons? money into it. Uh, they're they're on the sixth and final season. Oh wow! So right I'm gonna binge watch this. I told my brother-in-law Joe about it, and he's like obsessed with it in the same way that that I am. I will tell you this: <laughs> uh, first season kind of feels like a sci-fi show it's kind of cheesy thomas jane is in it you know who thomas That's jane the, is uh, the mentalist right uh is he i think so no no, no 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 thomas jane was the punisher and the movie oh, the punisher yeah. that came out and uh, yes, yes, yes 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 he was yes, on a yes, show yes. on okay, hbo well, that, called that, hung where he played like a male male prostitute okay, yes. yes 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 um anyway he's in it he wears a, a really cheesy hat he's a detective like in space and like Season one in the beginning kind of feels like a sci-fi show like you would expect. But I'm telling you, the the show gets better than it has any right to be. And and then by like season three, and they're all worth watching. Season three, it's in like full stride and it's got all kinds of momentum and 
it's it's a fun show and the characters there's the one guy that looks like brian that i call space brian <laughs> i think i mentioned that on yeah the, on the a, uh, a previous Abbott brothers ones yeah. yeah and he he's just a trip um okay so check it out. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk the wife into this. See if she'll hang with me and watch this. Yeah, and give if you if you're like you know this first season is pretty cheesy. Yeah, right. Just r- ride it out. Okay. Ride it out. Okay. I'm telling you. Um, well, she's watching Friday Night Lights right now, so I mean she really can't make fun of anything that I recommend. I've heard good things about Friday. Night. I've never seen it, but I've heard good things. It's just a it's a formula. Gets old quick. Mm. Okay, my number two is uh, the recently released. Uh, album from the war on drugs i don't live here anymore absolutely love this album um i still think their last album is is better but the more that i listen to this one i really it it has this like really like retro 80s vibe to it to me like that like don henley sound from, yeah like the late 80s but like not in a too much like an influence yeah and then everything that they've kind of everything they've kind of been up to this point to me shines on this album yeah and like I mean, pull it all together yeah it's like i mean I'm, I'm telling you like on like my my sixth seventh listen it started clicking and then by the time i did like my dozens li- now i now it's in rotation you know it's just it's fantastic and it's you're uh i i have not spent a whole lot of time with that album yet i need to it's, it's on really my, good it's on my to-do list but yeah. it's to a me, grower to me though their um their stuff is so rich and yeah. like layered and this like tapestry of sound and there's a lot going on there yeah and it all works and yes. some of it does feel kind of throwback yes um and they'll admit you know they're in who their influences were and like okay yeah. that makes sense but yeah um yeah i'll have to do a deep it's, dive of that album yeah man you gotta just stay with it stay with it, it yeah it did. the last one hit me like instantly because i think i was ready for him yeah. This one, I was like, I, I listened to it. I was like, it's a good album, you know? It's a good, but, like, nothing, like, grabbed me. And then, like, as I'm listening, listen, listen, I'm like, all right, well, the whole thing's kind of grabbing me. And then, you know, my my highlights were Living Proof, I Don't Want to Wait, I Don't Live Here Anymore, uh, featuring Lucius and uh, Occasional Rain. Those are, like, my highlights so far. But I love I love the whole album. Okay. Well, I'll start, I'm going to start working on that one. Yeah, let me um, know what you think. For sure. Um, all right, anything else on that? Nope. All right, and then the last one I have here is a book called The Extreme Self. I'm just going to read the names of the authors. It's uh, Schumann, Bassar, Douglas Copeland, and Hans Ulrich Obrist. The Extreme Self. Pick this up. Read it in one setting, or sitting, like 30 to 45 minutes. Wow. It's not a traditional book, though. It's not. I mean, you, you look at it and it looks fairly thick or whatever. But it's a graphic novel, but it's like this pastiche of statements, um almost in meme form. <laughs> oh man, I love and that. And it... It's how he texts anymore, you know? It's like... That... Okay, so this... That is what this book is, right? It kind of speaks to what it's like to be alive today amidst so much um, change in, in technology. Ch- technology changing Dude, me- so... Dude, memeing so... is so huge too. Like, it blew up. Like, it's been around forever, but I feel like the last few years, maybe because I'm old, but like... That's how, like, you text with most people. Oh, yeah. Like, that's how you start it's a, a text. A GIF or whatever. Yeah. 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 No, and th- this book is kind of told um, in that way. It, it re- It's very self-aware. It knows that we have, like, no attention span anymore. And it's, like, these little snippets, uh, little, little sentences, and there's usually, like, a graphic that goes with it. But it, it kind of it tells the story, I guess, that about just technology changing so basically faster than our nervous systems can kind of keep up with or absorb and um yeah we're the first humans that are burning this into our dna 
Yes, and we can't even comprehend what it's doing to us. Mm-hmm. It feels like we're changing. Like, dude, but, it's but, making everything not real. <laughs> like, and, I feel like I live in like a, a, a like, the, like the last year, last two years especially. It's like I, I live on another point. Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like I'm like these politicians, everything around me. I'm like, are we all watching the same thing? Am I going mad? Like, am I am I a yeah. lunatic? Well, and and technology's influence in particular, and like, we're, painting we, a picture. We don't know. Um, we don't know what it's doing to us, good or bad. And this book definitely posits that it's it's there's a lot a lot to be concerned about, a lot of negativity, like that we're losing our individuality. Oh well, that's that, been gone a long time. Um, <laughs> yeah, that we're just becoming these objects for you know corporations to sell shit to, right? And that there's so much about you, information about you. That's, that sits out on the cloud somewhere that will exist kind of in perpetuity once you're gone. Once you're gone, it's it's like you've created uh, a digital backup of yourself just based on how much data is being extracted from us on a daily yeah, dude, I don't on even a daily basis and used to to sell us shit and it's all it's making us psychotic at the same time. Dude, it's taken these th- these subjects that are like historically taboo and made it socially acceptable, like bragging about yourself online or bullying people online all this stuff that used to be frowned upon has been normalized by and, and technology. All, it is is, all it is is a, a marketing ploy to get all of our information that's all it is yeah um yeah and so i'll lend this to you if you want seriously yeah. it's like spend 30 to 45 minutes you'll, you'll be done with it it'll there's stuff in here that'll just like blow your mind uh it's called the extreme self you got some two-hearted coasters um yes i do yes. all right no i'm gonna i definitely that that's and that's my last one, but you got one more, right? Do I? Yeah, oh yeah. So my last one just came out on the 10th of December, and it is the Neil Young and Crazy Horse release, Barn. Huge fan, so like I get it if people don't like Neil Young, sorry. I know Makes your list twice. Yeah, he does. I bet he's, I mean. So Barn just dropped, and that's all I've been spending time with. And it's pretty impressive, like, you know, right off the bat, if to me, if you take, there, there, are, there are Change Ain't Never, Canarican, and human race, like if you take those three songs away from me, it's it's a perfect album. And the fact that he's seventy six years old and and Crazy Horse, been around for fifty three plus years, getting back together. They brought in Niles Lofgren again um, because Poncho San Pedro, Frank San Pedro, quit the band. He's got like I think he's got arthritis real bad. I mean mm-hmm. they're all like young seventy six, one seventy nine. I think Billy Talbot's seventy. It, it's they're all in their mid upper seventies, and mm-hmm. then Lofgren's like seventy or sixty nine or something like that. But like they, so he he had just recently rebuilt this barn, and he made it all as original as he could, like rebuilding it. And that's where he he always records like if there's a full moon, and he he just went in. They had a truck, a rig outside. They went into this barn, and they literally just jammed and he made up everything on the spot for the most part. Really? Like just yeah. Sitting down, writing down, seven days, start to finish. It's not like the usual process where you go write an album, you know, yeah. practice, 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 and then go into a studio right. to record. Which he put always it down. he always rolls really loose. Like Neil always. But this just is loose by it. his standards, even. Yeah, it's pretty loose. Like, yeah. and, and he would just they would just do first takes. And there is a song on here if you like Neil Young and Crazy Horse together. To me, they're magical. Like one of the most potent combinations, despite the simplicity, some may argue, of the unit. Um, Welcome Back is like an 8 minute and 39 second song, I think. And it's just a total tasty, familiar Neil Young and Crazy Horse, just like at 75, 76, 77 jamming. And it's yeah. 
uh, goosebumps. I mean, it gave me goosebumps. Really? And 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 it instantly gave me goosebumps. Uh, the rest of the album took me about four or five listens, but now it's like there, there's another fantastic, beautiful song on here called Don't Forget Love, and it's just, he's just basically saying, he just gives examples, and then he's like, don't forget love. Like, when you're lashing out and you're out of your mind, don't forget love, you know? When you, it's just a... Imparting some old man wisdom. Yeah, it's just a beautiful song. So so that is my last final, like, check that out, if you, especially yeah. if you like Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Like I said, there's Canarican may be the worst song he's ever recorded. It's it's bad. It's that bad, <laughs> in my opinion. But whatever. Like, yeah. But you you take that out, a couple others out, and there's there's a lot of good in there. And you also got to consider the man's 76 years old, you know. So yeah. cut him a little bit of slack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do. Yeah. He's allowed to have a bad song every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. All right. Especially at 76. <laughs> so uh, I guess completes our list. Um, so... We'll talk about kind of the next challenge, but I guess before we go there, a little bit of uh, housekeeping, some business. So uh, I guess we're wrapping up 2021 with this show. We're heading into 2022. I guess that would technically be season two. Are you good with doing a season two? Absolutely. This, this is fun, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it as well. Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah. Um, all right. It's more therapeutic and cathartic for me. I'm not worried. I mean, if people actually are listening and, and they like it, fantastic if they don't they probably stopped listening it's just fun man just yeah. hanging we're just hanging out <laughs> there's no yeah. really i mean we both are prepared i would say but we don't plan anything no no in fact quite the opposite we stay away from the subject matter until we until we record the show that's right yeah um all right so with that uh, little piece of business uh behind us i guess next challenge is yours um well actually it's Remember we discussed this. We were going to watch something new together. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, right? Ki- kind of like what we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, a, like a, a blind vouch. Uh, almost like what we did with the Dead Man's Shoes, right? Where yeah, you, we, we haven't done that in a while, right? We have not done it for a while. Yeah. So uh, same thing where we hadn't, neither one of us have seen this, but we've heard good things. The movie is uh, Hard Eight by uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. And the, the thinking there was, and this is his first movie, it's a... Uh, his only movie that I haven't seen, you haven't seen it. No. The thinking there was just that uh, he's got Licorice Pizza coming out, I think, on Christmas Day. We should go see that that week between Christmas and New Year's. Yep. Um, it's only in limited theaters right now. Do you know right? where it's going to be here in town? No, but I know it's got to... going to have a showing. Uh, um, I'm sure it'll have a showing uh, when it opens up to the broader audiences okay. on, on Christmas Day, and we need to, need to check it out. Um but for me, this will be kind of completing uh, his filmography. His filmography, his very first movie. It's uh, got John C. Riley in it. I'm in. So um, <laughs> I think it's about um, it's about cards. I think it's about blackjack. Okay. Um, and uh, older guy kind of takes him under his his wing uh, at a time when he needs kind of like a, a, a father figure in his his life talking and about john c Riley. john c Riley, yeah so well, he and their best they, he loves him oh yeah they were the together john a, c a Riley said about alana hyam is i'm wow i mean i, I mean some people are talking oscar yeah that's yeah. incredible the, they're making some pretty serious that's incredible first time in a yeah first movie or first movie yeah they're, they're bright some, future they're ahead like, she may not be in hyam very much longer yeah well, in, in that movie, Licorice Pizza, um, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son right. as well. And that one, it's, uh, I guess it's like a nostalgia coming of age film. In the late 70s, late right? Late 70s in San Fernando Mid-90s, Valley. Yeah. And it's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son is like a 15-year-old kid who's got basically a crush on a girl in her 
20s uh, by Atlanta Hain, but it's like, I guess, a coming-of-age story, so I don't know. looks good. It's going to be good. Yeah, it does. It's, it's going to be good. Yeah. She's she's awesome, too. And Bradley Cooper apparently uh, is a scene stealer as a the coked-up uh, boyfriend of Barbara Streisand. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. so, yeah. All right, so uh, Hard Eight will be our next episode. Um, anything else here? Real quick. We... Yeah. yeah just, just popped into my head. Of course. For all you MacGruber fans out there. The Peacock Show? Yes. I, it's getting pretty bad reviews, isn't it? Oh, well, that means it's going to be great. Like, I mean... Is it not out yet? No, it, dro- it dropped uh, the 16th of December. Have you watched it? Not yet. I had to get my brother-in-law's... Uh, <laughs> Peacock subscription? Yeah, so I'm going to check. I'm stoked because I love MacGruber. I love that. There's a part of me that just loves that ridiculous, stupid humor. Yeah. Is Kristen Wiig in yes. it too? Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, check out the trailer if you haven't checked out the trailer yet. Oh, it's I don't fantastic. have... I, I, peacock and i don't know I'll, if i will I'll, I'll, I'll peep it out for you but it, it does take the they have a free level a four dollars 95 cent a month level and then a 9.99 and it 4.95 will get you i believe will get you mcgruber okay the basic yeah the basic so all right might I'm have to do that, that. So I'll throw there that was a mcgruber movie too yeah right? yeah it was it's fantastic i love it God, it's I'm completely trying, ridiculous trying to remember if I saw it. <laughs> will forte just nails that character it's hilarious you know, uh, Will Forte. He's like the he's underrated. P. Worrell of of the MacGyver world. <laughs> yeah, he did a show called Last Last Man on Earth. It was pretty yeah, pretty heard, good. Yeah, I heard he was really good, <laughs> but that the show fell apart around him. Is that true? Uh, I didn't see it through to the end. I think okay. I watched like the first season or two, and then next thing I knew, it wasn't on anymore. But yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we can wrap it up here. This is Ben and Bob sending out an SSOS. Thank you for listening to Secret Sources of Sustenance. We'd like to thank Ishi from Dallas, Texas for allowing us to use their music in our podcast. Check them out at ishimusic.com, Ishi Music on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, at Ishi Music on Twitter. Their music is available on all major streaming platforms. Thank you as well to David Thexton at David Thexton Photography for allowing us to use his photo in our cover art. Please visit davidthextonphotography.com for more of his amazing work. And thank you for the production help we've received from Marquee Creative. For commercial, corporate, or any video or audio production help you need, visit MarqueeCreativeKC.com.